Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello. Hi. Before you get to the episode that is about to come your way, you need to hear this amazing advertisement for our live episode. Isn't that right, Casey? Uh, most of it, Dan. <laughs> you got <laughs> most of it right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's happening. You've been waiting for it for nigh on five years now. See you next Wednesday is coming to the live stage. Yes, we are going to do a live episode of See You Next Wednesday at Dundas Video on October 23rd. That's a Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. October 23rd at Dundas Video, which is not a video store. It's a clever name for a bar. It's on Dundas, so yes. they got that part. That's dead on. Definitely. Yeah. Um, you got to come out. It's going to be great. Uh, we don't have a time for it yet. I imagine it'll be around seven or eight. Probably. Uh, we're going to have a live band. It's going to be a fucking extravaganza. Yes. <laughs> it will. Yeah. We're going to have a live band. We're going to have com comedians. Comedians. We are going to have comedians. Comedians are going to be opening up this set. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of people saying really funny things for you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, live band. They're going to be our house band. They'll play our music and maybe they'll play a couple other things. Um, and also, if if See You Next Wednesday is not, a, is not enough podcasting for you, on uh, Saturday, the 22nd, you could go to the Royal and see my SoCast Life's live show and make it a double header. Yeah. Do you want to make it? You want to make it a whole weekend? A whole... Modern Superior Podcasting Weekend? You can. Go ahead. Oh. I fucking dare you. Yeah. You should. Yeah. Anyway, remember, see you next Wednesday live, October 23rd at Dundas Video. Uh, go to facebook.com slash SYNWPC. We're going to get an event up there. Keep your eyes peeled and yeah. point it at the skies, but yeah. then point them at your laptop that has Facebook open on our webpage. Or point your laptop, have your at laptop the sky, up at, in at the, the sky. sky, so you can be looking at the sky and your laptop. But the main thing is peel your eyes. Yes. Like grapes. Totally. Anyway, you can go do that. Facebook.com slash SYNWPC, ModernSuperior.com, and we will see you then. And now, our on episode. with the show. Welcome 
to episode 237 of See You Next Wednesday, a weekly pop culture and film podcast where a single die roll decides what movies we have to see. This episode drops on Wednesday, October 5th, 2016. My name is Dan Gorman, and how would you like to spend the next several nights wondering if your crazy, out-of-work bum uncle will shave your head while you sleep? <laughs> My name is Casey Lyons, and she thinks it's a sliding door. She thinks they're all doors. That's sad. She's a scientist. Is that from the film Sliding Doors? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's a movie I've never seen. Me and I'll tell you why. Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> oh, we have tons of stuff to talk about this week. One of us went and saw whatever they wanted to in Film Roulette. It was a winner's choice week while the other watched uh, Miss Pentagreen's Home for the Peculiar Children. Peculiar. I cannot of, say peculiar. You put a lot of various peculiar syllables into that. I know. I can't say it. Uh, then Peculi- we will, it sounds like it should be peculiar. It's not, though. Peculiar. No, peculiar. I know, but when I say it, I do it wrong. <laughs> uh, we will also talk about an album by Squeeze in, in Film Roulette, and then we will get to our OC segment where we talk about episodes of season one of the OC. Before we do any of that, if you'd like to email us at info at modernsuperior.com, you can do so. Please rate and review us on iTunes if you have not done that. Go to modernsuperior.com for all of your podcasting needs and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SYNWPC for all of your See You Next Wednesday needs. Yeah. Um, Speaking of doing all of those things, I have two notes here. Um, Thank you to the iTunes, uh, for the iTunes review from the user MFRIMIL. Yeah. Um, which is great. <laughs> a really, really great. Sounds like he's either or she, sick or either sick or dope. Yeah, dope. Um, thank you for that iTunes review. They had an issue with our RSS feed not showing up, and I just wanted to let everybody know if you ever have an issue with us showing up in your podcast app or if you are on the Apple platform, if you're on iOS, that sometimes... Uh, there's a thing that happens sometimes in iOS where it just won't put uh, the episodes through and then you contact Apple and they say, I give it a few weeks. Yeah. So if that ever happens, you can always go to acast.com slash see you next Wednesday. Um, or, or. Yeah. Or Modern Superior. Yeah. Or just go ahead, throw out your shitty Apple device. <laughs> Get an Android like a normal person. You'll be fine. <laughs> Shade thrown on Apple. Uh, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> I'm punching up today. Yeah. But uh, or just go if you go to Modern Superior and you find one of our see you next Wednesday posts, all of the links are there in those posts. So it'll give you the RSS feed, it'll give you the Acast link, and it'll give you the direct download link. So if anything ever happens and a Wednesday goes by and we have not announced that we are uh, an episode late, go check out those <laughs> other places. Yeah. Um, or just get there. There are lots of different apps that you can use, and you can put the RSS feed straight into there and skip the iTunes uh, store. So yeah, yeah, just skip it all together. Get uh, get Pocket Casts. Yeah, but also go review us on iTunes because it helps. Oh well, <laughs> see that's the that, that's the problem is that we do need those iTunes reviews. Yeah. Speaking of which, yes, you got one. I got. Uh, I do have another one, and this one is a very special one. Yes, from a very special listener. Definitely. Um, I don't know if I should say her name, like her real name, because she actually emailed us as well to let us know she. Well, left the a, first name was the same in both, right? Uh, yeah, Maria. I'll yeah. say Maria Van City Mars Bar. That yeah. is the uh, that was that the, is iTunes the iTunes review. User, uh, basically, just saying she loves our show and that we're probably the best thing in the world. Yeah, um, definitely. But 
furthermore to that, she was like, she sent us an email saying, I sent you a review. Let me know if there's anywhere else I can review you. Podcast is great. Also, I'd like to donate some money to the show to repay for getting me through my horrible work hours. And yeah. uh, she uh, she left us a donation, a lovely donation on uh, uh, modernsuperior.com. Yeah, there's a donate button. You can go there if you have some pocket change. Yeah, um, and uh, and oh man, that thank so, you so much. So nice. It's uh, it's definitely needed. Unbelievable. You know, we're not podcasting to get rich here <laughs> so uh any any little bit helps yeah and, uh, and we love you for it yes thank you so much to anyone who has donated it's yeah. amazing maria um, thank yeah. you and also thank you kelsey sharp who sent us an email um saying that she loves the show and she didn't see this one no it came i think today or yesterday um she said uh that she's going through the backlog as well as listening to the new ones and uh, is very much enjoying our old segment that we don't do anymore, Hero Mat- Hero Swap Cage Match. Yeah. Um, and wanted to ask us if in the past three years of action movies, sequels, reboots, etc., if there are any new or reimagined characters you, Greg, or Casey could think of that could challenge the bride. Because when we pit all the action heroes against one another um, in made-up fights, <laughs> we, did, we decided that the bride won. Yeah, she's unkillable. It's crazy. Yeah, she's the best. She's got everything. She's unkillable. She's uh, she's got like a lot of heart. Yeah, uh, and that's not a fun uh, play on that uh, heart exploding <laughs> thing that she does. No, no. Um, yeah, great uh, character. And I don't know. I think maybe maybe what, I, as you may have heard by now, Greg's not here again. But maybe when Greg comes back, we could have a little uh, sit down. And talk about some more action heroes. I'm trying to think. I guess did we didn't have John Wick in ours. No, people really like around. John Wick. Yeah, because yeah, it hadn't happened yet. I'm trying to think of other movies lately with uh, insane heroes. Yeah, that's the first one that comes to mind. I can't think of anyone as badass as uh, the Bride. As the Bride. I mean, yeah. we could put the new Judge Dredd in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's know, true. Others. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll talk about that with Greg. I feel like he'll have some good ideas. Sure. Yeah. Now let's get to news, movie news, and what we've been watching. Yeah. Um, I wrote down a, a piece of movie news. Did you hear that they're going to continue um, looking to do a Suspiria remake? Yeah, I hear that they've got uh, some new names. Yes. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. Dakota I Johnson. Like, oh, I don't think I heard her. Yeah, Tilda Swinton, Tilda Swinton I think. Mia Goth. I don't know who that is. Um, my thing about this, uh, first of all, is... I saw a lot of, oh my God, no, which is understandable because Suspiria is a classic and is so awesome. Yeah. But in my long, uh, well, not long running, but in my recent years, I've on the show, I've said more and more, remake everything. I don't care. Yeah. Remake Citizen Kane. I don't care if it sucks. The I real still Citizen have Citizen Kane. Kane. Still uh, exists. <laughs> um, exactly. So I say absolutely go for it. And the, the, uh, the person doing this is, man, I'm going to mess the name up. Uh, Alusa Guadingmo? Uh, nope. Gu- Guadingino? How would you say that? Uh, gu- <laughs> Guadagino? Gu- uh, Guadagino? Guadagnino? Yeah, Guadagnino. Guadagnino. Yeah. So apologies for my horrible pronunciation of every word ever. And apologies for the amount of times we said Guadagnino. Yeah. Um, so which we may still be pronouncing wrong the director of i am love and a bigger splash two movies which i have not seen but which are apparently phenomenal uh yeah yeah i keep meaning to see a bigger splash Me too. but uh i just say this sounds like something that 
for for everyone that bemoans oh remake culture and stuff this doesn't feel like to me a director that would be like i'm just gonna make some piece of crap and not care about it i mean people have said that those movies are are fantastic pieces of cinema so i mean this sounds interesting i say go for it yeah yeah why (laughs) not would this mark the first time uh dario argento has been uh remade i think so i can't think of another one yeah um so yeah why not who uh who gives a fuck (laughs) i'll see it i suppose yeah i like suspiria enough like i like it a lot i guess but I don't ever, I don't ever go like, "Fuck, I'm gonna put Suspiria on again." Yeah, I don't do that with a lot of Dario Argento, though. So. I've been me there. I got a lot of gaps in his filmography that I need to go, um, that I need to go, plug up because I, I saw, I have not seen Tenebrae yet, which is one of the ones a lot of people say are his, is his best yeah. after Suspiria. Yeah. So I got to check that out. Sure. Um, I didn't write down a lot of other news. Nah, did, I mean, was there anything on your? Um, I did write down that Patrick Warburton is playing Lemony Snicket in a new Netflix series of unfortunate events. And <laughs> is uh, it called uh, Lemony Snicket's <laughs> Netflix series of unfortunate events? <laughs> I thought I would put them all together there. Why not? In a new Netflix series of unfortunate events. <laughs> <laughs> is really, it better if I say it that way? Yeah, it is. You really <laughs> saved a lot of time too, which I appreciate. I know. Got cut a couple words out. You did. I like the idea of this, and the trailer positions uh, Warburton uh, um, as more of a, um, what did I say earlier? Rod, Rod yeah, Rod Serling. Uh, kind of like Twilight Zoney. Yeah. And I'm down with that, because I like that vibe. Now, Do you know the original property? No. I saw the movie. See, I never saw the movie. I didn't know who Lemony... I thought Lemony Snicket was... Uh, the writer uh, Jim Carrey. Yeah, I um, no, because he's not. No, and he's then, like the bad guy. Yeah, I think in the new one that will be Neil Patrick Harris. Yes, and now it, I do know that there is a series of books about unfortunate like of books? unfortunate books, but but I, it is interesting that they're going back to this one to start. And I guess maybe the book follows the same plot, and you have to start where the starting point is. Oh wait a minute, so. A Lemony Snicket's, uh, oh God, I feel like an idiot every time I say it. A series of unfortunate events. That's not the series of books. That's one of the books. That's the in... first book in the Lemony Snicket series of which the narrator is Lemony Snicket and right. he details these events. Right. Emma's laughing at us. Do you, are you, uh, a... do you know more about it than us? Okay. <laughs> so you're just laughing at just us. Just laughing at us. Just saying Lemony Snicket so many times. We're just a couple of idiots on your couch. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there is definitely a bunch of books. I know that the first book was the movie and that they made into a movie. And I guess you have to go back to the beginning. Like if they were to say, we're going to make a new Harry Potter thing, I guess you have to start at the beginning, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess. Or but you could just skip it and not have not made any I hope, of that Harry Potter I hope the show crap. retains the vibe that the teaser had of like him speaking to the camera and presenting this show because I feel like the movie just had a narrator. It didn't have Is that right? him in it. Yeah, so who was Lemony Snicket in the in the movie? In the movie, I believe it was... The, the narration was provided by... Uh, what's his name from fucking Gattaca? Alfie? Uh, Ethan Hawke? E- no, uh, no, not... Why am I thinking that? Gattaca. Let me figure it out. Jude Law? Yes, maybe Jude Law. All right, let's leave it at maybe Jude Law. <laughs> maybe Jude Law. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, um, let's see here. Jude Law. It was Jude Law. All right. There you go. I'm right. 
As usual. All right. And it looks okay. So this tree, this teaser trailer, he's walking through sort of the, the sets. Set. Like he he's talking about the show itself, kind of mm-hmm. breaking breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. I don't. Maybe that'll be his his whole thing. Like he talks specifically about about Netflix. Ne- yeah, I'm here on the set of the Netflix, you know, show, and yeah. there all the people that work on the show have are all worried or or something. Like yeah, he's he's breaking the fourth wall for yeah sure. so i mean i wonder if that will be his uh his, his kind of vibe on the entire show which fine there's so much fourth wall breaking now it's become uh it's not tiresome or anything yeah. you know there's always fresh ways to do it yeah. so maybe maybe that'll be fun yeah i, I won't care until i until somebody tells me it's great yeah whether or not it's good <laughs> yeah but the sets look really beautiful so uh we'll see yeah that set that they have there did look really good yeah cool Mm-hmm. So that's a nice thing to get into the news when we're going to be talking about another YA adaptation in our film roulette segment later. Mm-hmm. But uh, you said you had a ton of stuff that you've been watching this week. I sure, I sure have. Dan. Oh my god! Goodness, Danny. Oh wait, before we get to that, did you see that Bat Bat <laughs> Bat Affleck <laughs> announces the title of his standalone Batman film? Yeah, I believe it's going to be called The Ben Man. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be called The Batman. At least. That's what we're going with now, Affleck told the Associated Press. Yeah. That's, listen, I don't want to throw shade on a movie that literally has nothing to go on yet other than I we know he's directing it and that they might call it The Batman. Yeah. And that he said, I might change it. <laughs> I think that's it about right now, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, how listen, is this, this news? This is a very important news. <laughs> I know. So. Slow news week. I think yeah. we're going to call it The Batman. <laughs> Yeah, that 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 is all that that's all there is right now. Why publicize that? And also, why would you publicize any the Batman? That's not even good. I I don't know. I was scrolling through news the other day through News Republic, which is the app I use for news. Yeah. Um, and one of the articles was oh, I will. (laughs) Uh, one of the articles was. LL Cool J remembers the time that he proposed to his wife or something <laughs> like that. And I was like, this is literally an article about LL Cool J going, yeah. well, there's this one time I proposed to my wife. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> it was it was nice. News. <laughs> that was news. So I don't know. I don't but know, was man. it new news? New news. <laughs> we forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> new <laughs> we news. Did, but now it's back. Yes. Now right, we are so back. Let's, let's uh, burrow into our new news. Yes. New news. Right. Things we have been watching this week. What have you been watching, Casey? Other than weird news coming out about the Batman. I've been doing some uh, some real, real interesting watching this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting with uh, a couple of TV shows. Okay. First one I'll talk about is a uh, sitcom. Yeah. Called The Good Place. Okay. I've actually been dying to watch this show. Um, it's it's uh, okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Go being, on. I'm being recorded right now. Uh, yes, it's uh, fucking great. Yes. Oh man, it is fucking great. I need. To, I'm gonna start watching it for sure. It's so. And I said this. I was having a conversation with Josh Gondelman uh, on uh, Twitter oh, today. Brag about that. <laughs> and by having a conversation, I mean I he tweeted, tweeted something. It. I tweeted back, and he liked it. Oh, sweet, <laughs> sweet convo. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was brief but it, meaningful. Uh, we had a little back and forth, like tennis style. Uh, yeah, you know, we had a little banter. Um, he was basically just saying that uh, that he loves that show, and I tweeted at him. I it's saw this so tweet. good. 
I can't see it staying on TV. Yeah. It's too good too for good TV. To, to, too imaginative. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't imagine it finding uh, an audience because it's this huge world of imagination set firmly within the confines of a sitcom. Yeah. But it's it's bigger than that, and it's, it's really sweet. And uh, is it Kristen? Kristen Bell, right? Yes. Uh, Kristen Bell stars and is hilarious Mm -hmm. like i've seen her be funny and stuff like she was great on uh what's that show with don Cheadle? i watched like two seasons of it um don Cheadle. yeah don Cheadle and ben schwartz house of lies house of pies house of pies sorry um house of lies yeah uh she's great on that very clever and everything like that but she's straight up hilarious on this show nice uh, and Ted Danson is, as usual, the best. Yeah. Um, so basically, for those who don't know, it's uh, about a woman who dies and goes to the good place, which they don't say heaven or hell, really. They, yeah. It's the good place and the bad place. Uh, and uh, she she goes to the good place, and um, it's all based on, you know, how good you were in, in real life. Yeah. And in, in the good place, you have a soulmate, and... Everything is really great and everything. And she starts to realize that they made a mistake. Mm-hmm. She was supposed to go to the bad place. Okay. So it's all about this woman basically lying her way through heaven yeah. to stay there and not get thrown into hell. Yeah. So it's uh, uh, it's from uh, creator Michael Schur, mm-hmm. who uh, has been a writer on things like The Office okay. and uh, Parks and Rec. It's, so you've got other people like, uh, I think, Alan Yang. Yeah, Alan Yang is uh, is involved. So like real heavy hitters in the sitcom, uh, sitcom yeah. world. But also, oh, and Joe Mandy. Um, okay. Yeah, but also you've got people like David Miner and Drew Goddard, okay, uh, who come from like yeah. the J.J. Uh, Abrams slash yeah, definitely uh, Joss Whedon television universe. Um, so, and, and you can kind of see both camps, and it all works so nicely together, and it's really sweet and fun. Mm-hmm. And and episode ends, and you're like, want more? Yeah. But uh, I'm I'm really uh, I'm worried. I didn't realize it was so high concept because I've only really seen the poster and I've read the people involved and just I've I've been meaning to watch it m- mainly because a I had heard I had seen some like comedians tweeting about how it was really great yeah. and also because Ted Danson and I if Ted Danson's in something like I want him to be in another thing like yeah, bored you, to death you... I want some, another really great Ted Danson role oh my god <laughs> cuz he when he's when he's on he's great <laughs> what a bummer that bored to death was uh, such a short run yeah because... that was such a good and show it, it was a pretty good show I loved it yeah but it was a pretty good show with a brilliant performance from mm-hmm. Ted Danson um, yeah so I got I I really want to watch this you got to it's, I it's really so hope much it, fun yeah I hope it keeps going and but, but, again it's like I mean I knew I how knew are they marketing Bell, it because that's what I was meaning. Like I, I looked at this poster and I thought, okay, it's about two people sitting on a couch. Like okay, it doesn't well, make yeah, it look you, like it's so high concept. I didn't realize. You look at the poster, but you know, there, there's not a lot that they're going to be able to tell you from the poster. Yeah. And also, if they overstuff the poster with too much, uh, you know, of the sort of fantastical imagery of yeah. the show, it's gonna people are going to be alienated from yeah. it. So they need to come to it. The the font and the colors and everything just of the needs poster to bring them in. are very are very bright. Just and, like we're a comedy. Yeah, yeah. You that's all I need sense, to know. You get a bit of sense of wonder from the way uh, Ted Danson is dressed, <laughs> uh, and then you gotta. I think you just gotta, gotta come to it. Dive fresh. in. I think they're uh, uh, they're marketing it perfectly. 
Okay. Um, I think they're doing a good job of that. I just think that, I just hope that there's enough of an audience of people going, yeah. yes, I'm totally ready for a fresh, and this, I mean, something like this could really reinvigorate re, uh, uh, the sitcom. Yeah, this is NBC, it, right? It's, uh, I believe it is yeah, NBC. Yeah, NBC. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, t- take sitcoms into a place that that says, yeah, it's safe to put it, to make a sitcom out of fucking anything. Yeah. Out of anything high concept. Then they've done high concept sitcoms before that have been marginally successful or whatever. But yeah, uh, yeah I really hope this one works because it's uh, just a lot of fun to watch. IMDb says this popularity is going down. That sucks. I don't know what that's based off of, though. Uh. <laughs> I'm going to watch it for sure. I've been meaning to. Yeah, yeah. it's great, man. Sweet. Yeah. Speaking of TV shows, I want to bring up a show. Um, I believe I mentioned it already on the show, but I have also mentioned it to you guys. The HBO show High Maintenance. Yeah, you did talk about it a couple of episodes ago. I, I mentioned it briefly. Um, now... I have been able to watch two more episodes of this TV show. So as I mentioned, it's it's uh, it's HBO. It's about this. Um, so it's not TV, is what you're saying. It's not TV. Yeah, it's HBO. Um, it's about uh, this guy played by Ben Sinclair. It's based on a web series. So there's a bunch of web series episodes out there as well. Um, but it, now it's on HBO, and it's about this guy who is a weed dealer in New York. But it's not so much about him as it's not like it's really hard to explain and it's basically a show where you get these different stories every week and at some point his character named they, like he doesn't really have a name it's just he goes as like the guy or something yeah. in in the scripts but he will kind of factor into the plots in one way or another obviously usually involving like being the weed dealer or something but in very non obtrusive ways some of the episodes the most of the the first two episodes are split in half so two stories for each episode and the third one was more of one um Mm -hmm. but i am really liking this show yeah you mentioned it on the threads that uh yeah and the first episode i think is a weird one for them to make the first episode because it's actually the most um it's it's the episode with the most highs and the most lows. Like, it's really great. And there's also parts where you think, what is this show going to be from here? Yeah. But the second episode and the third episode um, have been phenomenal. I think I think some of my favorite TV going on right now because it's so, it's so funny, but it's also really, really well executed. So the third episode that I've been telling all my friends to watch is is almost entirely from the point of view of a dog. And it is so sweet and funny and interestingly executed. And you get all of these, like, things going on in the sort of, like, margins of the show while you also have this weird emotional attachment to this dog that is puts in such a good performance. (laughs) Like, a great performance. I love good dog A good dog. Like, it's a great dog performance. Like, this dog sells emotional scenes. Are we talking the thing good dog acting (laughs) or... I don't know. There's a there's a scene at the end of the show where like the dog makes a decision and you are like on board with this dog's emotional <laughs> de- decision. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and I, I'm I just in now. I can't wait. I want more people to watch this show. I think it's some of the most if not maybe not the best show show that I'm watching right now, but some of the most interesting things are going on on this show. Yeah. There's a I think 
it's the kind of show that makes a choice and you will either be on some of the uh, episodes or, or off some of the episodes. But the second and third have me really excited to see where they're going to take it. Um, but yeah, the, the third episode is great. Really, really great. All right. I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, what else have you been watching? Well, speaking of uh, new shows by HBO, mm-hmm. uh, I watched the first episode of a new HBO show. I'm believing it's Westworld. You are believing correctly, my little friend. Yes. I saw this. Did you? I did. Excellent. We can talk about it. Uh, let's go ahead and do that. What did you think? Well, if the the listener doesn't know, we've already talked about this before, but Westworld is based off of the Michael Crichton film. Um, from 1973 about uh, a place where people can pay to go to this sort of theme park-esque world that is entirely populated by artificial intelligence and is based on the Wild West, so you can do whatever you want. Yeah, so you go, you interact with these uh, with these sort of robots yeah. who are enacting these uh, sort of Old West Narratives, plot lines. Yeah. Uh, and they're fully interactive, and you can go. You can do anything. You can go around shooting people. You can go uh, be naughty with some old timey whores. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's it's every sort of level of of kind of supposed depravity. Yeah, like escapism. Yeah. Do the things that you can't do in the real world because we're moral human beings. <laughs> well, supposedly. Yeah. In this, in this show, uh, sort of. Uh, yeah, skirts that I, line or, or questions our morality. I thought it was I thought it was interesting um, the way that they sort of begin the show because right away in the pilot of Westworld that you you do really realize like they they are taking their inspiration from the movie but they are definitely going to go do their own thing because the movie opens with like oh we're on our way to Westworld and we're going to have a like conversation about it and yeah. this this show kind of does the on their our way to Westworld thing but in a totally different way yeah yeah it's uh, I think there's a lot more behind the scenes like it's a lot uh, you're you're basically between two worlds you're between the world of Westworld which is the the you know yeah. old west kind of thing and the uh, the behind the scenes like we're controlling them yeah yeah where world. they're building them and controlling them and uh, I don't think it's a spoiler to say Things are going Things wrong. Things might go wrong. Now, I thought the first episode was pretty good, but it didn't bowl me over. But I'm definitely interested to see where they go with this. As first episodes of Things Go, I thought it was fucking great. Yeah. Uh, I, like, it didn't, uh, you know, I wasn't crying by the end of it or anything. Yeah. And, and there's a couple of performances. There's a woman who works in the lab, and I don't remember what her name is or anything. Uh, or uh, She's just awful. Yeah. Just a performance that just completely took me out of the whole thing mm-hmm. um but but then there's other people shannon woodward who uh who i think is great mm-hmm. she used to be on that show raising hope yeah which i didn't watch for the longest time and then i started watching and i was like oh my god i love this show greg Gar- it's another greg garcia show yeah and i dig his sitcoms um yeah jeffrey wright the actors are amazing ed harris yeah. evan rachel wood uh anthony hopkins um yeah jeffrey wright was really good yeah but at the same time nobody's given an inordinate amount of heavy lifting to Mm -hmm. do. It's very story-driven. It's very... Because this has been... um, uh, Who is it? Uh, Is it not... uh, It's uh, Jonathan Nolan. Yeah, Jonathan Nolan. And his uh, wife, Lisa Joy Nolan. And it feels like... The first episode definitely felt to me like some of the stuff... Like, 
it was full of things that I love about the Nolans and also some of the things that I'm not as big of a fan on the more I see more of their work. Like well, some of it kind of felt like that ethereal kind of storytelling that you can't really like grasp at. Well, and I'm kind of just- waiting for them to dole it out (laughs) see i don't feel like we're gonna get a lot of that like there's a sterility to what the nolan brothers Mm -hmm. do uh there's there's not a lot of an emotional base in those batman movies or in interstellar or in uh who is he memento yeah you know inception inception he doesn't really do that he they they or when I say he, I mean Chris yeah. Nolan, really. But they they don't really give you. They give you more of a story, yeah, uh, and less of a, an emotional base. So I don't think we're gonna get a lot of that. You know, the the thing that makes that that type of yeah. storytelling interesting. I just think that uh, you know, sort of the moral ambiguity yeah. uh, uh, between the worlds. Well, is definitely be... with the way they introduce Ed Harris's character, moral ambigu- ambiguity mm. is is front and center. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh... I'm definitely intrigued, and I and I think maybe it's more of a reaction to. Oh, this is going to be a kind of the the kind of show that I'm going to need to watch a couple ep- episodes of and get yeah. into the the way that it's kind of working, and then maybe I'm going to come completely on board. But I think like some of the digital effects and some of the visuals and the way that they're framing things, like especially the way they're doing these really wide, wide landscape shots, but then also in, in especially in the opening credits doing yeah. these sort of juxtapositions of like the, the AI eyeballs and like the, the way you see the pupils and stuff. And then it turns into a landscape. Some of that stuff is really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But again, like, I mean, it, it's, I think, if you're shooting, uh, I think I mentioned this in the the Magnificent Seven. You're shooting a western, yeah, type of a situation. Try try and not make it, yeah, look beautiful, look great. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think all the concepts and everything. I like I like the way they handled everything. Yeah, and I'm definitely interested to see more. Yep. Again, it didn't grab me in in a crazy way, but it definitely entertained me enough mm-hmm. that I'll that I'll stick with it. Yeah, I'd like to see where this goes for yeah. sure. Definitely. Westworld, what did you think? Info at modernsuperior.com. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. Um, speaking of things that we both watched, I did you end up seeing this? I watched a documentary. No. No? I, we, we were going to watch it. And then <laughs> we had... Uh, we've started our uh, kind of horror movie yes. uh, uh, push, be it, it being October. Okay. I won't get into this too deep oh speaking of which we totally forgot to do something let's uh we'll, we'll do all this and then at the end okay um i won't get too deep into this uh discussion because i do think that having a back and forth will be really good and maybe greg will have ended up checking this out because it is a netflix pick yeah I- i'm definitely gonna watch it okay this week. so i watched the documentary amanda knox um by rod blackhurst and brian mckinn so this is about the um the legal and uh well not legal battle but i guess it's basically about american exchange student amanda knox she was convicted um and eventually acquitted of a 2007 death of a student in italy that she was living with and i remember hearing about this but i didn't know a lot about it going into it no this was just sort of peripherally on my yeah like i remember hearing about it but i don't remember the details but basically 
I, I, I don't want to call this like making a murderer too in Italy. But. Yeah, but at the same time, <laughs> everything about the way it's being... And I had no idea that this was going to be one of those kinds of things where you get really upset at what you're watching and being like, how could somebody fucking do this? And how could somebody say that? Or so at the beginning of the movie, uh, at the beginning of the documentary, it was very much a, you know, they position it as you know, she, she is somebody who they had decided was the person that committed this murder. And at the beginning of the movie, she says like, either I am, you know, your worst nightmare, the person that doesn't look like they're a murderer who is, or I'm you and it's your nightmare that like you could be wrongfully convicted etc right and not to like give too much away about that push and pull but i didn't realize it was going to be about sort of here's the the battle and, and and her being acquitted is like a thing that's known and i didn't really know that much about that either right but it's definitely a movie that you will watch much like making a murderer and say how do these fucking people get away with like just making up stories you know to fit the case and then that becomes the thing it's really fucking frustrating and there's this guy in it um his name is um nick pisa he's like a a journalist and like i don't think i've ever seen anyone say so many things that you in one movie that you just want to like reach to the screen and slap him for saying <laughs> like, he's constantly saying things like, Oh, well, what about this guy? Like there basically there's this other guy in the movie that maybe is the murderer. And he's asked like, well, why weren't people covering that? And he's like, Oh, well that case wasn't sexy enough. And it's just like, do you fucking hear what you're saying? Is he being ironic? No, he's just like, that's not sexy enough of a murder scandal. Like, and the whole thing about Amanda Knox's case is like, oh, we're going to call her Foxy Noxy and she's the Black Widow and well, she's the... Mur- that's the thing. He's right in that respect, in the in the respect that the sort of deplorable media yeah. does think that way. But he's so think- if he's being ironic in that he's, way, I mean, I get what he's, he's saying. He's not. He's just being, like, oblivious to that is wrong. He, he's just like, this is that's who I am. Yeah. He says some things at the end of the movie where you're like, holy shit, do you not, like, have any kind of realization of how this is going to make you come off you right. keep saying these things he's gross and there's a couple other it's people fu- who it's are funny. You awful keep, you keep describing him and you have the uh the cast list yeah uh, pulled up and one of, one of the people in the cast uh is uh under archive footage yeah. is donald trump yeah and i keep thinking we're talking about yeah, him I know. because that's yeah. all stuff you could say he says him. at one point in the movie like what was i supposed to do go check the facts to make sure that what we were saying is right. Because if I did that, somebody else would have had the scoop before me. And he does it and he says it like as if we're supposed to all be on board. Like, oh yeah, you should have just ran the lies, (laughs) you know? Oh my God. Yeah. That sounds like something. It sounds like, (laughs) uh, I mean, I I love, I don't think it's any uh, secret. I love hating people. Yeah. Uh, and so, the, yeah, this sounds like uh, somebody I would really, really yeah. enjoy uh, hating. And by all accounts, it's not, the, it's not like the greatest documentary in the world. It's just, it's really, really watchable, fascinating to see that kind of stuff play out. And it does make you worry for the world sometimes when you yeah. see that kind of shit going down. Sure. It's definitely worth watching. And maybe we'll get into it if some other people, uh, you or Greg, watch it. But yeah, definitely worth <laughs> checking out. Some, some other people, people say the say other, the other two of hosts. The show. Yeah. yeah, no, it's All definitely right. it's it's definitely worth checking out if you like that kind of documentary All right. about true crime. Dynamite. 
Yes. And then, oh yeah, after I watched that, I tried to watch the John Bonet Ramsey thing that you watched last week. Yeah. And going from you know a, a really well told uh, documentary to a really cheesy yeah. uh, TV special was hard. And I had to we 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 didn't get to the second episode yet. I imagine I'll finish it up, but it was just very oh, this is a reality show. Yeah, you just turned this case into a reality show. Yeah, and, and again, there's like uh, other than the. Um here's the new technology yeah. kind of to cover the case. I didn't find a lot about it that was uh, too groundbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, even that though, like, I want, that's what I wanted to watch about this show. Oh, we're going to go, because in the commercials they show you them crawling through the audio and stuff and, and then they even like build the house so that they can like shoot them walking through the house and you're like, yeah, yeah no, I get that this is really what you would do in order to illustrate this to an audience but it also feels very i don't know i don't want to say that it feels gross in because they are actively working towards figuring out this case that nobody knows about but at the same time it feels like but you are you are doing your best to sensationalize it as well you know what i mean well yeah because they're trying like we're we're in an era where we're gonna get the best yeah uh, documentaries and the fucking worst documentaries because you know, the great documentaries are being come by, honestly. And then there's all the other ones that are trying desperately to be as um, inherently watchable yeah. as, say, you know, Making a Murderer or uh, um, uh, OJ. What's yeah. it called? OJ in America? Yeah. Made in America. Made in America. Which is like, oh, man, after watching that and then trying to watch something like the John Bonet Ramsey two part special, you're yeah. like, nah, it's this so, is it's, no. It's so clumsy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, night and day. Yeah. Um, what else have you been watching then? Okay, well, real quickly, I, uh, I I've been trying real hard to uh, to get on board with uh, this Ghostbusters remake. Yeah. Um, just because I want there to be another Ghostbusters movie mm-hmm. that I like. Yeah. So uh, so we set about rewatching the Ghostbusters. Did you watch the extended? Uh, no. Okay. No, just which just makes the... it uh, too long for a comedy. Um, I'm quite sure it does uh because i watched uh the theatrical cut and this movie does not benefit from a rewatching. no at all i <laughs> i was actively angry yeah uh because it's so it's so poorly made yeah it it's feels, poorly made i liked it anyway it feels so <laughs> much like that clumsy shitty adam mckay slash uh um, judd apatow judd apatow let's shoot four and a half hours cut it down to uh 90 minutes yeah and also let's not worry about the uh you know series of events or anything like that let's just uh set them up in the alleyway testing some crazy new uh uh (laughs) guns and but thinking about that somebody's gonna go flying in the air (laughs) i think they might i yeah i know I I know that like I think the from a storytelling and a visual well maybe not visual but visual maybe from from a storytelling on paper and a visual storytelling in the movie uh, side of things maybe it was the wrong choice for Paul Fig to be the director absolutely and I think the movie was. takes so long to get going and I thought that was what what my whole thing was when I saw the movie was. 
everybody's saying this movie falls apart at the end and i wasn't interested until it became the comic book of them kicking ass and and the ghosts and stuff just looking really cool that's when i became that's, interested that's all this movie has all this movie has is cool looking ghosts yeah and also the uh the the just stupid inclusion of uh of more slimers you know, like they, they've got Slimer and the cool thing about Slimer is that he was like kind of gross and stuff. Yeah. Kind of comical, but still kind of gross in this. He's just a, a dumb cartoon. Yeah. Um, and there's more Slimers and, and one of the Slimers has a big bouffant hairdo and it's asinine. Um, and, and, and my biggest problem is towards the end, uh, it's supposed to be the big buildup. Yeah. Um, where all the ghosts are unleashed upon the city. And uh, I don't know. Is it too spoilery to, to talk about parts of parts of that plot? I don't know. No, because you know what? In the trailer, um, they make the city turn into yeah. uh, 1970s New York. Yeah. Which, by the way, they do nothing with. Yeah. It's it's completely superfluous. It's like for one shot that they do that. But before they do that, before the ghosts turn it into 1970s uh, uh, New York, there's the uh, the parade of, of balloons. Yeah. Which should be in keeping with that 1970s New York. Yeah. Because they they talk about it as having been something that happened in the past. Yeah. But it just, it happens completely out of sequence. And it's like somebody saw that and went, oh, that's kind of out of sequence. Fuck it. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Nobody's going to care. Everybody wants to see scary ghosts. It's <laughs> it's an awful, it's a poorly made movie and it's insulting. Yeah. No, I definitely don't disagree with you on the fact that uh, from a you know ground level uh storytelling perspective from scene to scene when when people talk about movies lately that don't make sense and stuff when they say like oh the suicide squad was this happened and that it was so dumb and you couldn't even understand what's going on from scene to scene i do think that the ghostbusters movie had a lot of that had like the dance scene that doesn't happen and yeah. had like and and I don't know. Part of me is like there there was no way that this movie was going to end up not like that because of how much scrutiny was put on it. No, but, but I also think that style of filmmaking isn't right for that movie, the shoot no. it all and cut it up later. I don't think it's but right I for also any movie. It had a really great lucky. time at the movies and Adam McKay, really enjoyed it. <laughs> Adam McKay got lucky doing that a couple of times. Nobody else has. Yeah. Um, I still it makes really money, enjoyed so it. they let people do it, uh, which bums me out. But yeah, you know, and not to fucking harp on the on the well, you know, everybody wanted to hate this movie, but everybody wanted to hate this movie. Yeah. So a movie that uh, was top lined by four women in action roles, um, like th this, they deserved a better movie than this. And if there had been a better movie than this, maybe some of those fucking assholes would have shut their mouths. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it would have done so much better. <laughs> Emma Emma <laughs> is shaking her head. All right. She agrees with Casey. <laughs> um, no, I definitely agree that this movie is not what I wanted it to be from that perspective. But I maintain that. And maybe I'll go back to it and be more on your side. Or maybe I'll go back to it and I'll say, you know what? Even though it's a really shitty movie, I still love it. Sure. But I really had a good time watching it. Well, listen, there's a lot to love in yeah. Kate McKinnon. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and and Les Leslie Jones as well. Yeah, uh, definitely. 
not not as much uh, Kristen Wiig or Kristen Wiig or uh, Melissa McCarthy, but I'm I'm sort of souring on them. Yeah, I'm finding them less less charming than they think they are. Um, okay. So speaking of going back to something, yeah, I went back to something even further back in time this week that you have seen and that I wanted to bring up. I don't want to get too deep into this because I feel like this could be a conversation that could go on for a really long time. But I went and I watched the original uh, 1951 film, The Thing from Another World, right? which is what John Carpenter uh, made a remake of, although he also took a lot of influence from the original short story, I believe it was, or was it even a short? Was it a full story? Anyway. I feel like it was a short story. <clears throat> yes. Um, Who Goes There was the name of that. So th- the thing is known as one of the best remakes of all time, mm-hmm. and I had never seen the original, so I thought, I'm going to check this out. It's it's October. I, I, don't, I don't go back to movies of this vintage as often as I should, so right. I'll check it out. I do love me some movies from this time, but I just don't watch them as much as I should. Um, and I was really disappointed with this movie and I found myself really torn because I felt like I was supposed to, you know what I mean? I had that moment where you're like, okay, this is this classic movie that inspired another classic movie. And I went into it thinking, I don't, there's no, you know, you can't go into this movie thinking, oh, I'm going to have the the Carpenter version in my mind. Like I actively went into it thinking this is going to be like a fun old black and white sci-fi movie yeah that'll just have a good time watching and in some regards it is that but in other regards it is also not very interesting at all <laughs> and and this is uh, yeah you sort of put that out on facebook as like i'm sorry everybody i didn't like it very much yeah and then and a couple people like, were like thank the, the yes and i and you and a couple other people i was like thank god i'm not crazy but then yeah. a couple other people were like no this this is a great movie well and i'm not going to sort of impugn those people's movie watching taste or or uh, ability <laughs> but i think this is one of those movies that like you said it was it was sort of a movie that tried to push out of the b movie yeah. realm and, uh, and and try to be a legitimate movie it definitely that has... also had you know crazy space aliens yeah. and stuff it's like an a movie aspiration uh, based B movie like it, it, right. they re- like there's a lot and I think part of the reason why this didn't work for me is because in doing that they were trying to have this really layered really dense script and all and scripts were more dense back then too in general like everybody's talking always right <laughs> but at the same time there's like a hundred characters and I kept right reading reviews saying oh like the tense script and and like all, all the great characters and I thought like I can't even remember half of them or who was like what their relationships were because there was just a hundred of them right again i think this is one of those movies that you're supposed to like yeah that that i think i felt that way yeah that that it's like no this is an important movie for where we are now in terms of you know sci-fi and horror and and all of these things like if you go back and watch the day the earth stood still like that is way more watchable than this movie like that is and and important and it it is all those things and then you can also go back and watch you know movies from 10 years later i guess isn't really a great comparison but i love the movie straight jacket and that's like an old campy movie and more of a b movie but i just feel like sometimes the the b movies that just are b movies are better (laughs) than the ones that want to be something else yeah 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 no i i fully agree that this uh that this is not a watchable movie. <laughs> okay. 
And I watched it like trying because because yeah. again I was sitting there going like no I'm supposed to yeah. like this thing but there's just a point where it's like well I'm supposed to but don't yeah yeah understandable yeah so that's all I'll say about the thing from another world yeah what else did you have uh okay so the reason that I wasn't able to watch uh, Amanda Knox yes was because we watched a uh, uh, a classic. Okay. That Myos hadn't seen, but that I had seen a couple times. Okay. And then we watched its remake that neither of us had seen. Oh. So one night we watched 1985's Fright Night. Okay. Uh, and then the following and night we watched 2011's Fright Night. Interesting. So listeners of the show will remember Greg and I were Greg and I have been split on the remake. I th- I saw the remake in theaters and I thought that was a lot of fun. And I had a really good time watching it. I haven't revisited it, but and I'm also a big fan of Fright Night. So wh- how was your experience for both of those? Okay, well, it's no uh, uh, y- you know it's no surprise. 1985's Fright Night is great. Yeah, like it's just it's super fun. Chris Sarandon is great. Uh, uh, you know, William Ragsdale is is just doing his <laughs> William Ragsdale yeah. thing. Um, what's his name? The guy who plays Evil Ed is yeah. just so weird. And again, you can't help but think that guy, that guy does porn now. Uh, Ugh. yeah, that's like, yeah, didn't he want he got he went on some rough times, right? Uh, yeah, his IMDb bio says, uh, you know, he he did this, you know, he he had this movie career, and then he did some respectable uh, uh, things on Broadway or yeah. whatever, or off Broadway. And it's not even that, like, oh, he ended up in porn. That's like awful. But I feel like I read stories of like drug at, drug addicted. Oh, and... you would you would have to assume so because I mean, he, or you know, I don't want to assume what people fucking do. Um, maybe he <laughs> was just like woke up one day and was like, I've always wanted to do porn. Yeah, fuck the world, I want to do porn, and more power to him. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah. Nine times out of ten, I think that's probably the path. Um, so that's sad. But as an actor, he's so weird. It's and great, he just though. verges on unwatchable. <laughs> I love it. But he skirts that line so perfectly <laughs> that you're like, what is wrong with this dude? And it's great. And to see Amanda Bierce as the love interest uh, when, you know, most of my generation, uh, you know, can only see her as Marcy from... Uh, from Married with Children. Married with Children. Uh, it all makes a very, very watchable movie. Yes. But I hadn't seen the 2011 remake. Yes. Which, uh, between you and Greg, between other people, a bunch of people, uh, it's been very divisive. Yes. And to that I say, this movie was great. It is, right? It's so fun. Thank God somebody agrees with me. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just a good time. Yeah. Now, look, it's a movie from 2011. Yeah. And... Um, Horror movies from 2011, for most of the 2000s, were pretty forgettable. Yeah. And they were sort of, <coughs> excuse me, were sort of made to be forgettable. Yeah. There's no way this movie's ever going to be a classic or anything. No. But if you want to sit down and watch a really fun movie with really fun performances. And funny movie. I yeah, remember it being very super funny. funny. You know what? It's written by Marty Noxon. Speaking of people who uh, who are within the whole Joss Whedon um, yes. and I think J.J. Uh, Abrams camp as well. Um, I had no idea that she wrote it, but I was like, okay, like I was like, oh no way, that's great. Yeah, um, Craig Gillespie, who's gone on to do, um, like he's sort of a workhouse horror guy, I yeah. think. But he's done other interesting things. Yeah. Uh, oh, he did uh, Lars and the Real Girl. Maybe not yeah. horror necessarily, but he did Lars and the Real Girl, and that's a fun enough yeah. movie. Million Million Dollar Arm and the Finest Hours. So he went on to do some sort of like 
a Disney movie and then maybe sort of like a disaster kind of yeah. thing. So he's got a real patchwork situation going on. Yeah. But uh, but there's some really fun things in this movie. And from start to finish, David Tennant is fucking great. So funny. Um, Good. Yeah. Yeah. Colin Farrell is perfect. Colin Farrell is the perfect um, 2011 version. I agree. Of uh, of Jerry Dandridge. Because and that's what I think I really like about this movie is is in general what you're saying, like uh, the performances, because I think I think um, Colin Farrell can as an actor really jump between the like oh because it's i mean the whole fright night thing is supposed to be like oh he's like the the next door neighbor that like the mom next door is gonna think is like the sexy next door neighbor and like colin farrell can do the like oh i'm just a sexy neighbor but then also be menacing towards the kid but then also be funny yeah (laughs) he can do all the things that that role is requiring there's a moment in this movie that perfectly pitches him uh, uh, in the middle where you know he starts out and he's kind of the, the unassuming charming neighbor yeah. and he comes over to ask to borrow some beers because yeah. he's got a girl coming over and he's lingering outside because he hasn't Can't been be invited in, in. <laughs> um, and he's talking to uh, oh and it was kind of sad also because yeah. Anton Yelchin plays uh, excuse yeah. me plays Brewster and, so and yeah just wasted talent um and so so he's he's outside and he's basically just kind of being not vampire uncomfortable just being <laughs> weirdo uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> going like yeah you know I've, I've seen your girlfriend too she's like ripe and using yeah, words like that and yeah. i'm like oh dude it's, that's gross it, yeah definitely but the way he's delivering all this and he's like and your mom too i know you can't see it but and he's yeah. like and he's not saying anything overtly gross necessarily yeah, but the, the way word ripe is pretty gross but uh yeah it's just the way he's delivering all that you're like he knows exactly what the scene is supposed to be yeah and he's fucking nailing it yeah yeah man super i fun. like that movie it's fun yeah definitely and it just it just it doesn't get too far into mythology or anything it just gives you a couple things like hey we'll introduce this special stake that you know yeah uh, yeah uh, it does this kind of thing you're like oh okay so that's how this movie's gonna end yeah <laughs> and of course i know that and yeah. that's fine let's just watch it play out yeah i didn't know marty Knoxon wrote this either or that that was a name that was tied to like buffy and stuff yeah i feel like um which is which makes sense when i think about it now yeah that somebody who was involved with buffy would be involved with this kind of like fun and 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 the way that this movie is funny is very kind of like whedon and buffy-esque that's the thing right it's uh it's it's very uh hold on there we are um, yeah, like it's it's very clever and and winky, but never too much. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. Just uh, it's fun, just fun super time. fun movie. Definitely. Um, I don't have too much else to talk about. We're almost at an hour, so I'll leave the rest of my stuff for another day. Yeah. Um, what about you? Anything else? Nah, I'm all set. Okay. Well, then let's get right on over into film roulette. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Let's go. Film Letters, our weekly segment where the three of us roll a die. Only two of us here this week, but the two of us rolled a die, and the high roller got to see whatever they wanted to see last week. Um, and the low roller has to go see something terrible. This week it was uh, the new Tim Burton film, and I had to go see that. But the loser gets to give the winners an album to listen to for the rest of the week, and I gave Casey an album by Squeeze. We will talk about that album, talk about the movies we watched this week, and then we will roll for movies next week. Um, And that is how we play Film Roulette. As I mentioned, it was a winner's choice week. Greg is not here. The uh, last was not here in the last episode or this episode. So, um, since it was winner's choice, he'll have been able to see whatever he wanted. Um, but Casey is here to report back and let us know what what he saw this week as a winner. What what did you you could see anything you wanted in theaters or not? That's right. What did you decide to see? I always try to make. I I, I sort of have this new rule with uh, with when there's choice. choice. I've been trying to make it something that we haven't talked about. Yeah. On because uh, you know it's it's fine or whatever, but uh, uh, and uh, and something I kind of went a little bit out of left field uh, this week uh, because. I was talking a couple of episodes about the movie Train to Busan. Yes. Which is a South Korean movie, which is... Uh, I still need at, to see. It's it's sitting at my top of the list favorite movie this year. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I was like, I'm going to make a concerted effort to just start watching, you know, foreign movies. Not yes. just Not specifically Asian cinema. So what did you see then this week? What I saw was a uh, 2016 Korean movie called The Wailing. Oh man, I've heard of this. Um I've have I've heard a lot about this. So The Wailing uh is getting 80 on Metascore right now and is about a stranger arrives in a little village and soon after a mysterious sickness starts spreading. A policeman is drawn into the incident and is forced to solve the mystery in order to save his daughter. Right. Um written and directed by Hong Jin-na and right. uh yeah, I've heard a bunch of stuff about this. I believe it played in theaters, and I know people were were seeking it out in theaters because it only played like certain theaters that'll play the the foreign films. Yeah, yeah, it was a, a sort of a hard movie to find. Yeah, um, and I do agree with you to circle back. I don't watch enough foreign cinema 
and I used to watch a shitload of foreign cinema. Right. And I do agree that it is not a blind spot, but we definitely talk about it less than obviously yeah, other stuff. I mean, and I like, do want to make that concerted effort. Yeah, because our our show is very rooted in North American yeah. cinema. And and you know, every every show has to have like a, a specific yeah. sort of uh thing. But 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 I'm like, but there's so many other ways of making movies. Yeah. And and again, like watching Train to Busan, I was like Oh my God! You can do this with characters. Yeah, this is something that North American uh, film is terrified to yeah, do. Yeah, I love it when movies rem- remind you of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and the whaling is no different. Like you go, oh my God! Yeah, your main character can be kind of a fuck up, and, yeah, and but not in like, a, well, he's a charming, lovable rogue who plays by his own rules. It's like, no, this guy's just a fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you know. Fuck ups love their families and try to you know yeah uh, do best for them. Uh, I really liked this movie. I didn't love this. Movie. Yeah, I definitely saw some divisiveness on this, but I the stuff that I saw made me really interested. <laughs> well, it's a movie that kind of goes along and goes along, and it, it lives by the strength of its uh, uh, a lot by its humor. It's a very okay. funny movie. Um, and that's and that's really great, and it's not it's not a super gory movie. Okay. Um, so it doesn't live by it's like oh man that's fucked up. Yeah. Uh, and, and even like the concepts within it are not all that fucked up. It's just like oh you know you're kind of going along the story's unfolding. It's not blowing your mind or anything, but yeah. it's very likable and it's very like oh okay so I guess that's that. Oh that's not that that's that. Yeah. You know there's a lot of that. <laughs> okay. Um and uh and the performances are great. And then the end really jams you into a different place. Yeah. So um, is this the kind of movie that really takes a a gear shift because it is over two and a half. It is 2, hours, two hours and 40 and or something. Minutes yeah. or something. Um so it it really maintains <laughs> It really maintains its... Uh, sorry, I'm looking at the... We're looking at the IMDb right now. Plot, Plot keywords. keywords are village, stranger, policeman, supernatural, vomiting. vomiting. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that too. That's pretty great. Um, especially since vomiting is not... It like overtly... It just like uh, it happens at plot. some point. <laughs> yeah, just, somebody might. Um, so, yeah, it's... It's definitely very entertaining, and then at the end, it kind of you kind of go, "Oh, you're going to be this kind of movie." Yeah, like it. It sort of leads you down a path, um, and then it doesn't become this other type of movie. It just okay. shows itself to be the type yeah. of movie that it is, and it's very entertaining and, and but also somewhat ambiguous, which is okay. really nice and refreshing. Yeah, but that's another I, thing that you don't get as much in mainstream anyway yeah. uh north american cinema like oh you can just you know I, it happens from time to time but yeah <laughs> generally audiences here like to have an ending and know what happened or yeah and, and this movie definitely has an ending and and the ending you kind of go like oh holy shit yeah um but it's the way the ending comes about that that again i i fully applaud this movie for but when i think now back on the movie i kind of go that was just pretty really good yeah like okay i, I don't want to say it's just pretty good but it, it it's a, above average but doesn't quite hit it out of the park well that's the thing is that i don't want to say it doesn't because again i would highly suggest watching this movie yeah it's just maybe because 
maybe I'm unfairly uh, um, pitching it against Train to Busan, Busan. which is a very accessible, very immediate emotional impact, where this is just like, there's some disturbing things in it, and and it comes by those things quite honestly, but as a whole, it's... It unfolds differently. So you say it's not a horror movie per se. Well, now, it is very much a horror. Okay, because it because it, if it is about like a mysterious sickness or whatever, is this thing like if you were to explain it to somebody, would you explain it like is it like a a procedural style movie? Are we following the an investigation, or yes. is it more about like the effects of this weird sickness? Or? No, it's it's we're trying to figure out where the sickness comes from. Okay, and, and that leads us down a path. How it can or? be stopped? But yeah, it, it it sort of leads us into much broader, bigger waters. Okay, um, and 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 becomes more important. It really is. The more I think about it, the more I'm like. I'd like to watch this movie again. Yeah. I just don't know if I have two and a half hours to spare <laughs> to rewatch a movie, but I really would like to watch this movie again because it's it's a very different animal. Yeah. Um and and it's and I think upon rewatching it, I would love it even more. Yeah. Um but uh but yeah, again, highly suggest seeing it. It's funny, watching the Magnificent Seven, speaking of North American versus uh, you know, other cinema. Yeah. Uh watching the Magnificent Seven, every scene has so much ADR because like every village scene where there's a bunch of people standing around has so much ADR of people Yeah. Just really hammering home what's going on. Oh, that guy's bad. He wants to take our land. Oh, no, but the, my land belongs to my family. Yeah, but he, this guy wants to take it. Yeah. That's why we need a magnificent number of people. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, it, it, it's just so... Every, you know what's going on, right? Yeah. Like, it, it really holds your hand, and this movie really doesn't, and, and there's something refreshing about that, but... I again, love that. Yeah. <laughs> when it's done right. Yeah, and, and, and to the point where... You know, I feel like my feelings about this movie could really be swayed with another watching. Yeah. So don't, you know, t- take what I'm saying with a grain of salt, but see this movie. You know, listeners, yeah. and, and uh, do yourselves a favor, watch this movie, and let me know what you think. Yeah, I am I definitely want to watch it. Know. Yeah, and I, I I won't watch it before I watch Train to Busan, though. Because that's, no, that's, 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 that's high on my list. Um, and uh, cry for a while. Yeah. So if you saw The Wailing, um, info at modernsuperior.com or go to facebook.com slash SYNWPC. Let us know what you thought on the comments for this episode. Get Let's get some more feedback. And if you saw Miss Pentagreen's Pen- home for peculiar peculiar <laughs> children. Peculiar. I fucking, I don't, I, we've, you have, do you have any words like that? Like when you, you find a word that you just can't say? I can't. I don't know why. I'm sure I do. I feel like I've said that word a million times before and now I just can't. It just my brain will not allow me to say peculiar yeah, in a sentence. I feel like I have those, but I it, it's been beaten into my head since I was a baby to uh like to pronounce and use words properly yeah so i think if there's a if there is a, a, a <laughs> word like that i spend time to yeah. sit there and go peculiar 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 this so peregrine's get, so home there. for peculiar children you got that. there you go is the movie that i watched uh the new film from tim burton 
this is based on a book. I'm not 100% sure if it's a series or if it's just one book, but it is based upon a book, a young adult novel about uh, some peculiar situations. When Jacob <laughs> discovers clues to a mystery that stretches across time, he finds the home for peculiar children. But the danger deepens as he gets to know the residents and learns about their special powers. This is getting 53 uh, on Metascore right now and stars Samuel L. Jackson, Judy Dench, Rupert Everett, Chris O'Dowd's in this thing, yeah, Terrence Stamp, um, Aza Butterfield, who is in a lot of movies um, and is kind of just there in a lot of movies, I feel like. The, He's like the, a younger think, actor, and you've probably seen him in a bunch of stuff. I think the most striking thing about him is that every time I hear his name, it makes me think of pancakes. <laughs> he was in Hugo, Ender's Game, The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> I think it says that on his IMDb yeah. bio. He's yeah. If you if you hire him for your movie, he brings syrup. <laughs> yeah. You have a movie on which you want the audience to think of pancakes. Yeah. Think of pancakes. Butterfield, your man. Now this movie, uh, shortly before release, became um, the catalyst for some uh, some outrage. Um, in the sense that um, there was a lot of discussion about the particular whiteness of this film and the fact that the only non-white character was Samuel Jackson, who is the villain. And there was a big kind of hubbub around, like, should Tim Burton be diversifying and all this stuff? And so that was interesting to see. Um, maybe more interesting than the movie. <laughs> 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 no, and, and I think it. I, it's a hard, that's a hard thing to talk about but i do kind of feel like the there was a general sort of reaction of you just now realize that tim burton movies are white as hell yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and and well i mean i think in today's climate no movie is untouched by yeah. uh you know by the, the the pc police um for better or for worse and and in this for better know, and for worse uh oh. depending on the situation i guess yeah well exactly um yeah, I, it, for for me, just to see this movie and then also be hearing about all this stuff, it's like, yeah, you know, this movie is definitely pretty white, but, you know, also, does that fall on Tim Burton's head or does that fall on the studio's head who is still not caught up to where we are in the world and isn't pushing those stories through and maybe, I don't know. I just thought it was like, it was definitely more interesting to think about where does that, you know, land on artists and their vision and the people that fund them and where should that blame be put? I think the saddest thing you can say about it is that Tim Burton himself it was more about what he said diversity yeah. uh, in his movies because why wouldn't you why yeah. wouldn't you want to speak to a larger audience yeah not just for for your own story kind of thing but like why not want to rep like why wouldn't you want to represent a larger yeah uh you know piece of society but you know, I, yeah i think it, it was more like what he said after people said why is your movie so white where he was just like oh well you know i watched the brady bunch and then when they brought an asian character on i was like well this is offensive not you know the other option of like not having it it's more offensive for me to say like now you're trying to be you know forward thinking and it's like okay, man look, you're just a dumb guy yeah, look, <laughs> I, I look what i i understand what he 
thinks he's trying to say with yeah. that but that is such a flimsy fucking it's thing. a point that because like you no, can't dumb, make dumb, anymore you it's don't like... have to go yeah but if i have a japanese guy in my movie i have to make him uh offensively japanese <laughs> yeah you know like it it's like, yeah. well, if that's the way you think, maybe you shouldn't be making movies <laughs> at all. And also, your movies are terrible, it's like the so same, no, you shouldn't. It's like the same argument that is coming out right now about the Netflix show Luke Luke Cage, where like, idiots on Twitter oh are being like, God. well, there's no white people in that, so that's racist against me. And it's like, yeah. shut up. No, it's not. It's like, look, you think you found like, <laughs> a, a, loophole a clever in loophole race in argument. racism? <laughs> but racism doesn't have loopholes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, g- so that's way more interesting to 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 kind of sort through <laughs> than this movie. Too. Um, <laughs> that way, I don't have to feel as bad about myself. <laughs> so Tim Burton directs this movie. Um, okay, this is a a young adult um, adaptation, as I mentioned. So we're coming into a sort of world in which we've been before. There's been a million of these kind of this book has become popular let's turn it into a movie we'll get like a you know an interesting director and oh, boom wait, we'll this have isn't, it this isn't this isn't based for some reason i thought this was based on something that he himself had no had written no it's a book it was based on i do not i do not believe uh, let's see if we have it here uh based upon the novel written by uh uh is that written by there's a comma here ransom riggs yes ransom riggs based upon the novel written by and jane <laughs> goldman did the screenplay and um, I, look, I don't know who Ransom Riggs is. All I know is that his name sounds like Scooby-Doo is saying it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, also, generally, these movies aren't for me. There have been no. movies of this ilk that I have absolutely loved in terms of uh, young adult move- books turned into films. But at the same time, there's been so many that are just not the kind of thing that I care about. And this is definitely one of those. This definitely sounds like another one of those, like, uh, not necessarily Hunger Games slash Harry Potter. Yeah, like, Just Hunger like... Games 2 I thought was phenomenal. And one one or two of the, some of the mid-Harry Potter movies I thought were fantastic. Right. And there's been a few others. Uh, I did actually, I recall enjoying the Lemony, the first Lemony Snicket movie. Right. Um, so it's not like I am unable to get down with these kind of movies. But this... I, I will say about this film, it is the most Tim Burton-y uh, that Tim Burton has been in a long time. And I mean that in the complimentive kind of way. Right. I mean that in the sense of the last few Tim Burton movies haven't felt like what I like about Tim Burton. They right. felt like Tim Burton saying, oh, you like it when I'm weird. Blah! I'll be yeah. weird all over the screen. Yeah, yeah, but... And this movie definitely has... Like the first like forty minutes of this movie um, are introductions to all these weird characters and stuff, and it feels, it certainly feels more like Tim Burton is attempting to build a world that you could imagine. His, it, like like you do see the creative Tim Burton um, streak in it. it, and I'm not saying it's as good as his early movies, but you know how you know um, Beetlejuice or you know how Edward Scissorhands they have these worlds that are realized in a very specific way yeah without being over realized and i feel like right. he's going well, for that here it, it's like he builds these worlds where some of the weirdness is incidental yeah. or is peripheral yeah and that's what makes them fun and rich because yeah. the story's still going on and that that definitely works here it definitely works because it's about a boy who is 
realizing the world of weirdness or peculiarities sure. and that kind of works for the movie in the sense that you get to have that introduction to the world with with him and it's not bad and this movie overall is not bad but it's also not great yeah um and yeah i even, feel like on letterbox you gave it two and a half or yeah something. it's like right down the middle right it's like man it's nice to see tim burton putting some effort into uh not going so crazy overboard like there's definitely some stuff in this movie where you think yeah man this is right uh, the right fit for tim burton to do this it's just i don't care about the movie and the plot like i I, he he doesn't do a bad job directing it it's definitely more like the stuff that you would like from tim burton but it's also it's also just like, oh, this is kind of like X-Men where he's gone to this home for weird people and they all have their own powers and he doesn't think he have a, has a power at first, but then it turns out his power is to see the monsters nobody else can see and he's got to help them take down the monsters and they'll have a big fight at the end of the movie and it just feels really, really rote. It feels really by the numbers. Yeah, well, I didn't know any of that. Yeah. Uh, uh, any of that part of the plot or anything, but if you had have asked me, what do you think the plot is? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's I what you would have probably, said. I would have guessed yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, he's got the key that'll help them, you know, unlock the mystery of the monsters <laughs> or yeah. something. Yeah. Like you'd come up with something like that. Yeah. And that's exactly what this movie is. And um, Samuel Jackson plays sort of the lead of the monsters. There's a fun thing in this movie about how th- this movie, I will give this movie credit in that um, for a down the middle movie for my per- personal preferences. I do feel like this will be a lot of younger audiences introduction to um, spooky kind of scary cinema. And this movie's pretty dark for, for a movie pitched at that audience. It's PG 13, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of like pretty freaky things going on in here that I, I, I do feel like there will be an audience of, of kids that will grow up and come back to this movie as being this like spark of where they got interested in that kind of stuff. Cause there's Which like, I like, yeah, I, I like some it. of the monsters are like this, uh, this is, almost ripped straight out of like an adult horror movie like the monsters have these like tentacles and their mouths open up and there's all these teeth gnashing in them and you're like yeah if you just put that in the shadows that'd be like the monster from lights out or the monster from conjuring or something like you could if it was if it was just a skewed a little bit darker in terms of tone you'd be like yeah that's a monster from a horror movie well i think that's cool like i mean i I think that there's a a big uh, sort of generation of people who who look at movies like The Witches. Yeah, it's called The Witches. Yeah, uh, the Roald Dahl uh, movie, and, and they go like that movie fucking scared me when yeah, I was a it's kid. It's pretty freaky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched Emma and I watched it like a, last year. That's a freaky movie. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and it's one of those ones that people cite as yeah. being like, yeah, that movie like really sort of informed my love of freaky uh, things. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Or, or, or like gave me sort of concept for that yeah. type of thing. And I definitely think. Um, some of the stuff in this movie is pretty dark and, and it was fun to see that and I think that'll be fun for those audiences and I will give the movie that credit. I just think this movie is too... It's it, it's just Does too... Does it have mo- pacing problems? <laughs> A little. It's too long. Yeah. It's really long. I feel like by the time... like You don't even see... You get some glimpses of the monsters and stuff, but you really don't even get the conflict of what's going on until pretty late in the movie. What I wanted to bring up, actually, about the the horror stuff is Samuel L. Jackson and his gang of monster friends look like monsters until they 
eat bowls of children's eyeballs to turn back into their human forms and i was like this is pretty dope (laughs) (laughs) i was like this movie's about guys and there's like a scene of them eating like straight up ripped out eyeballs like their popcorn and i was like that's pretty yeah man (laughs) yeah especially knowing that those are children's yeah like it has to be like kids eyeballs (laughs) yikes i was kind of on board for that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I like that there's things like that. I mean, I, I'm I'm weirdly sensitive. Uh, such a gross thing for a parent to go, well, now that I have kids. Yeah. But I am weirdly sensitive to yeah. it. It's, it's something that happens. Uh, so, yeah, that, that does sort of take me back a little bit. But it also does kind of make me want to see this. Because, I mean, like, look. It's, it'll, it's a watchable little down the road, right. down the middle of the road thing. It's just, yeah, I, I just came out of it with, like, a real shrug. It's It's just... It's just pretty meh. It's just it. it well, we've seen so much of these movies. Yeah. And and you know what? Maybe even by virtue of not being one of the really bad ones, this is a secret little success, I guess. But well, look. I, as much as I don't like Tim Burton movies, and I really don't, I I'm always pulling for him to succeed. I always yeah. want like that Frank and Weenie, like the the remake of Frank yeah. and Weenie that he did. I really wanted to like it, so I went into it going, come on, be good, and I was pleasantly surprised because it was better paced than his movies usually are, Um, because he made arguably one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time, which was my favorite movie for like years and years and years of my life, which is Beetlejuice. Yeah. Um, So good. So I'm always hoping that that he'll go back there. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, this is like, yeah. That your your young pre teenagers will enjoy the movie and you won't hate yourself while you're watching it. But yeah, this isn't yeah wasn't really for me. All but right. but there's definitely things about it. Like I said, yeah, yeah. It's it's not. I mean, I sat through Dark Shadows in theaters. Yeah, and and like that's a real bad movie. <laughs> and this yeah. is like, oh, you're back to making. Oh, maybe his career. These are like this is the kind of quality of a movie he would have made right before he slipped. And you're like, oh, yeah, I can see where you're going for. And then, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not a, a um a step back in the right direction, but it's not the worst. All right. Yeah. Oh, I will. I will watch this. Yeah. I'm sure. On Netflix, I'm sure it'll do just fine if yeah. you want that kind of a movie. Well. It is. It is. Some of the some of the children are pretty stupid. Like one of the kids. <laughs> One of the kids like has like um like in the trailer she like puts the piece of meat behind her head and then the the mouth with teeth on the back of her head eats the like eats it down to the bone. You're just like, she's just a head mouth. <laughs> like what? Like that's her. Oh, head mouth over here eats stuff in the back of her head. That's weird. <laughs> like you some might of them call are, it peculiar. Yeah, some of it's just like okay. How is she? Gonna, how is she gonna help? How is she gonna help defeat them? Unless there's a monster standing right behind, right behind her, her, head, her. and that monster is edible. Yeah, a uh, marshmallow but, monster. Well, yeah. Well, hey, that's a delicious horror. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> I gave you an album last week uh, to listen to. Yes. This week. You did. Uh, I didn't know what to give you last week, so I kind of pulled one out of my pocket, and I gave you the album Singles, 45s and Under by Squeeze. Yep. Uh, This is from 1982. It is a uh, compilation of the band's singles from 1978 to 1982 in chronological order, um, generally. I think there's maybe one or or two that aren't exactly in order, but I really like Squeeze sometimes. 
And I really love their album Argy Bargy, and right. I always want to like East Side Story because it's produced by Elvis by Costello. Elvis. Um, but this is always the one I end up reaching for just because it has like a real good run, boom, especially generally side one of just songs that I really, really like. And, yeah. and I want to know uh, what you think about Squeeze. I know you had similar issues with their album output. Squeeze is one of those bands where they really benefit from just listening to the hits. Yeah. Uh, every once in a while, you'll find a little hidden thing where you're like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. That's yeah. a legitimately good song. Yeah. Um, you can hear a lot of, in every single song, bad or not, you can hear a lot of their promise. Yeah. Um, and I never know exactly where they went wrong, but I know that some of their songs are just not listenable. Yeah. And some of those songs are on this. Um, <laughs> But not a lot of them. Yeah. And the funny thing is, even if there's a song that's not that listenable, as a bridge between, uh, you know, Up the Junction and Another Nail in My Heart. <laughs> Slapping tickles there. <laughs> yeah. And you can go, maybe don't be four minutes long, but you can keep it going because there's a tunefulness to yeah. it. Um, now, now, sometimes you can hear a little too much Elvis Costello. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I think my main problem with Squeeze is that they need to pull back on the winking cleverness, <laughs> uh, which which I don't absolutely love. Again, slap and tickle runs with chewing on a pickle. Oh. <laughs> um, it's not, you know, it's it's like okay, no, I I, I get it. Yeah. But uh, and and like some stuff in Cool for Cats, you know. Yeah. Cool for about, Cats is the song though that got me interested in them well because cool for cats is a really fun and interesting song it was because i was i played it on rock band or something with a friend and i was like okay this is kind of this 80s song but then it does that like extended weirdo part and yeah. we were and i was like playing drums and i had to do these weird fills and i was like what's going on and then yeah. it went back and i thought there's probably something going on here with this band. I should go check it out. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. It's those moments that are really, really fun. And those moments mixed in with, um, with again, some beautiful melodies. Yeah. My, now, my some of the melodies thing, are a little bit contrived. Yeah. My whole thing with them is, for for me, side one, like, I'm not a huge fan of Slap and Tickle. And Take Me, I'm Yours is kind of in that similar vein in the sense of it's their earlier kind of sound. But I, but I, but really, I really like, like that song. I really like Take Me, I'm Yours, but but I it, that's a song where its limitations are clear. Yes. Now, outside of those two songs on the first side, like, Goodbye Girl is so... I love that song so much. Yeah. I think it's so phenomenal. And I think... Up the Junction never fails to impress me when I listen to that song. I it's just think it's so good. It's a very impressive song. Yeah. And, and for a song that's that, like, you're like, oh, you went some really cool places yeah. in this song, and yet it's still so listenable. Like, it's yeah. still accessible. Yeah. Another Nail My Heart and Pulling Muscles from the Shell, both off of um, Argue Bargy. Off Argue Bargy, which is, oh, which so is good. the, the uh, brightest spot. Yeah. I, I love all that stuff. For me, it's when it gets into their later stuff, like... Like the the fact that Black Coffee in Bed was a single, and That's it's weird. a six minute ten minute song, six minute ten second song, 
It just is so boring. It's so long. But it doesn't have to be. That's the thing about that it's song. A, it is has that moments. If they distilled it down into three minutes, if yeah, they just it took would be the a good, good pop moments song. and structured them properly, yeah. it would be a fun pop song. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but it doesn't because like I, I feel like they were like at a point where they were like, ooh, well, we, we can afford to experiment. Yeah. Do. But I'm like, no, you're not a band that needs to do that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 I generally go for this album. I do think Argue Argue is their best top to bottom experience of an album because yep. I do think that this one peters off by the end of it. And I think if you're going to listen to an album by them, maybe Argue Argue is more of a more of a like feels of a piece. And this definitely does feel like we strung all of our hits together. Yeah. But oh yeah, yeah. It's not it's not cohesive. But yeah. again, their music is so. Uh, accessible and yeah. catchy that it doesn't necessarily need to be cohesive for you to start yeah. to get it or anything. You can just sit there and, and kind of groove along while you're yeah. driving along. And then by the time tempted, uh, gets there and I know it's been played to death or whatever, yeah. but if you're in the car by yourself yeah. and that song comes on <laughs> and you don't start you don't singing, sing along, you have no joy in your life. I agree. You're, you're I a agree. wrong human it's, being. It's a song that, um, it's one of those songs that you hear, and you forget that oh, there's another side to this song other than the chorus. Yeah, because you only ever hear the chorus when it's been played to death. Yeah, you and hear it verses, on the commercials. The and the verses, verses are, are interesting. their own, like really beautiful kind of thing. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I like about that song. Yeah, because for the for a while I was like this song I hate it. I've heard it too many times. But then I kind of came around to like nope, there's something else here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, they're definitely like a band that I struggle with, and I wondered if you did too, and. I've had fun talking about it. But yeah. the thing is, um, on my way home from here, I'll probably throw on yeah. it. Like, I'll, I'll skip through and skip yeah. through, but I'll probably throw it on a couple of these. Yeah. I've had a really, really great time. It's fun. It's super fun. This area, this area of kind of new wave yeah. is, is this is my wheelhouse. Yeah. Like th this is where I live. Uh, and, and listening to it too, I was like, I'm surprised at how many sounds on this, uh, and how many, uh, uh, ideas from this you can hear in popular music today yeah um, definitely so uh so yeah it's interesting to, to listen to it in that context as well totally let us know what you think about squeeze do you have a favorite album of theirs or a favorite song uh let us know but now it is time for me to punish casey with an album uh as i lost this week again and this week i am going to do another one of my not patented patented patent pending <laughs> when the pending gets taken off, it'll be patented, yeah. <laughs> and I'll have a patent on it. Um, that's how that goes. That's how it goes. That's yeah. why they're pending. Sure. Um, one of those, give you guys something that I've been really, really enjoying and really digging that I have no idea how you will react to moments. All right. So this is a brand new album. just came out last week by a band called Pear. P-E-A-E-R. P-E-A-E-R. -E -R. So like pair oh, well with an E on the end. Well, that's strike one right there. <laughs> um, unless, this... unless that is a word in <laughs> another language. <laughs> if they're just trying to be clever, strike one. Um, so this is an album I've, I cannot put down right now. And it definitely exists in the world of indie rock. And I think if people listen to the show, they know that generally I reside in that kind of a guitar-based indie rock world. Although I do... Yes. I do get out there, but th this is like a Dan Gorman's wheelhouse kind of album. And it, and it, it is the kind of thing that I love where it's just full of riffs 
and full of melodies. Ooh, I do love a riffy. A album. good riff, riffy. It's very guitar-y, very mel- melodic. But I think where maybe it is outside of your and Greg's comfort zone is where it pulls a little bit from the stuff that I grew up listening to in terms of like emotional music. Mm, uh oh. And I'm very interested to see what you guys think. No of matter it. how much you call it emotional music, <laughs> that doesn't stop it from being emo. emo. It's there's definitely an emo thing here going on, and. I am 100% full in on this album. And this is one of those moments where, like, when I gave you guys Speedy Ortiz, I was like, well, there's nothing to not like about this. These guitar riffs are amazing. And then I love this band. And then you and Greg were like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's definitely one of those moments where I listen to this and I think, I like everything about this. And I am interested to hear what you guys think about it. All right, I'm in. What's the album called? It's a self-titled album. Okay. Uh, You know what's weird? What? When I type in that that name, Perry, yeah, uh, the uh, auto like auto fill function on my keyboard on my phone, yeah, gives me three options: relationship, Jesus, and <laughs> cocktail. Oh, interesting. Like, All right, well, that's weird. Yeah, that's where you're, what you're looking for. Oh, it's a picture of a pear. Yeah. All right. So, uh, from Brooklyn, New York, we will talk about their album Pear next week. Um, and we'll send that over to Greg because he'll be back. All right. So now it is time to roll for movies. Oh, man. What did I just do to our Chromecast? Um, you fucked it up, Dan. Oh, my God. So this week, you know, Greg is away still and... um. There's not a lot coming out right now. The Girl on a Train comes out, and that might be okay for a thriller. Well, it's it's based on 48 on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I'm sure it's yeah. It's based on a really popular book, but yeah, um, it's not really grabbing us right now. And then Birth of a Nation is coming out, but you know that is apparently not very good after all said and done. It's getting like 83 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but yeah, like uh, I've heard some. Yeah. I feel like the most divisive thing about it is that the director is a scumbag. Mm-hmm. So we won't check that out, I imagine. Yeah. So we're doing another Winner's Choice Week um, where the winner can choose. I mean, our listeners have been with us for enough, uh, yeah. uh, you know, fall, winter periods where there's just terrible movies. Yeah. So they know the deal. But the loser. Um, when I think about this movie, th- there's only one phrase that comes to my mind. Oh, man. Think Big. Think Big. Think Big is a 1990 comedy directed by John Turtlealb, who's currently making Meg, yeah. um, and follows the misadventures of a pair of twin brother truck drivers who aid a teenage runaway. Now, A-I-D, if- not A-T-E. Yes. <laughs> now, if you go on IMDb and Letterboxd, somebody has written their own uh, write-up for this which seems like creatively written. <laughs> uh, well, it does include the word retarded. Yeah. So uh, it's like somebody thought they would be funny by saying like two two of these guys that are like that, like you know what? And and come on. <laughs> yeah. It's it says uh, two. I think gently retarded, uh, mildly retarded truckers hire a. Hired to transport toxic waste across the country, get caught up with a teen genius who stows away on their truck. Yeah, that's, uh, it's clearly written 
by just somebody that thought they were being funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then and, has somehow ended up on wrong. both IMDb and Letterboxd. Yeah. Um, but this was a listener suggestion uh, yeah, as a this, punishment film. This was suggested by... Uh, Brian? Um, by yeah, by at Superstamp. Yeah. On, um, Thanks, Brian. Yeah. We have not covered any um, Barbarian Brothers movies. No, no, I've always heard uh, heard tales of them. Yeah, but uh, so we'll we'll roll for these two movies. We were thinking of saving it until Meg came out, but that doesn't come out until like 2018. Yeah, no. So, yeah. Uh, and we really got to get down to business on this. Yeah. Thing. All right, Casey's rolling, and that's a four. And a respectable All right. four. Think big versus winner's Think big, choice. Dan. That's a one. Fuck. Oh my goodness, Dan. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Emma has to has to watch Think Big. Yeah, Emma, <laughs> like you are you're like the queen of collateral damage from this uh podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Think Big You know what? Next time why don't you roll the dice? <laughs> we'll see if that turns out. Well, the we should have. That would have been a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then uh Greg will get to watch whatever he wants. If Greg wants to watch Think Big because he was pretty excited about this being picked as a loser. I, he can, uh, he can do I that if he wants. to watch it. Um, okay. So next week, we will be talking about Think Big. It'll be Casey's winner's choice uh, and Greg's winner's choice. They will be talking about whatever they want, and then we'll talk about the album by pair. Um, but now it is time for another freshly squeezed episode of our Orange You Glad. It's the OC Corner segment. Yep. Yes. That was a whole sentence. Welcome to the OC, bitch. And this is how it's done in Orange County. Okay. Casey. Uh, yeah. Yes, it's the OC time, as I mentioned mere uh, seconds ago. I remember. Yes. Um, I watched an episode of the OC this week called The Truth. Now... You watched last week's episode. Uh, yes. And I am really, really, really disappointed because Greg would have had this episode. Right. And, oh my lord, would he have liked this episode. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Does it star Kurt Russell? Or? No, but things have finally, you know, the last episode you had. Um, things were heating Things up. were heating up. And I'll tell you, Oliver's really becoming a problem. I'll tell you, <laughs> Oliver is a problem. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a full-blown problem. He's a problem, and he really gets to a boil in this uh, in this episode. Um, so my episode was called The Truth. If you remember from the last week's episode, Ryan punched out Olive. Yeah, he correct? punched him. He punched him up real good. And uh, in front of Marissa, no less, who had, by the way, already broken up with him. Yes. So this was just the icing on the cake. Now, because... The olive loaf. Yes. Because of that last week... Hey, um, Dan, olive loaf. Olive loaf. I heard it. I <laughs> okay. just wanted to skip just over it. Sure because <laughs> you heard my awesome yeah. joke. Um, so because of that, Ryan is now suspended. He has been suspended from school because he be beat up Oliver on that last episode. Yeah. Um. So now Oliver has decided he's not going to press charges. Okay. Um, which is a nice thing for him to do. I don't know. I feel like he has ulterior motives. Uh, I don't know. 
<laughs> we'll have to see, I guess. <laughs> so Sandy's talking to Ryan and um sandy is talking to ryan about the oliver situation and he brings up that point sandy basically says well you know what if oliver was such a skeezy sketchy guy you know why would he drop the charges and ryan's like i guess that's true um because if he if he wanted you out of the way the easiest thing for all of the do is to you know press charges and get you in jail so that makes sense, I guess, but maybe he has some other motives. Yeah, and uh, I have my theories. Yeah. Um, so uh, Sandy wants to talk uh, about what's going on with Ryan elsewhere, but he won't. Um, and Sandy does this thing where he's like, I can't ground you because, you know, if I ground you, you're still going to go and do whatever it is that you want to do. Um, but if you want to stay here under my roof... You know, you're not going to leave unless Kirsten or I give you the, uh, the, the, like, let you do that. Extinguish your torch. Yeah. If we basically, he basically says, Sandy basically says to Ryan, I can't ground you. You can go and do whatever you want, but also don't leave the house. (laughs) Like. (laughs) What? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So wait, what, what does either Kirsten and I have to do? We have just like to... give you the thumbs up that you're like, you have to clear it with us so that, that you're that you can go and do whatever it is that you want to do. We, we have to, we want to clear it for you. Oh, uh, which is basically, we can't ground you, but we're going to try. Yeah. Which is weird. Why can't you ground? He is under your roof. Yeah. Just ground Ryan. He's not even legally your kid. You could literally take him out to the countryside and drop him off. Yeah. And never hear from him. Again. I know. So anyway, we go to school, and Marissa and Summer are talking about Oliver and how they're both sweet single ladies, being all single. <laughs> and couple, couple of sweet single yeah, ladies. Summer is, um, Summer's like trying to hang out with Marissa or something, but she's like, "Oh no, I gotta, I'm gonna hang out with Oliver tonight." And Summer's going to hang out with Oliver? Oh, Marissa's, Marissa's going to. Okay. like, no, I can't well, hang out sense. with you, Summer. I'm going to hang out with Oliver. Yeah. Um, and then Anna and Seth um, are talking about Ryan and all the stuff that's going on between him and Olive. And they bump into Marissa and Summer while they're doing this talking. Yeah. <laughs> this talking thing. <laughs> this talking <laughs> this thing, thing that they talking. do. Um, so then Oliver shows up to the gang. Yeah. And he's like, hey, guys, what if we went on a skiing trip this weekend? My th- whole thing is after I do weird shit, I invite you I all invite out on people. a weekend somewhere. Yeah, that really is it's becoming like his all MO. he does is like, oh, I hate you all. Anyway, let's go away for a weekend. Because weirdly, last episode before he, you know, when he saw Luke or no, which one's Luke? Luke, no. Uh, Dirty Little Ryan. DLR. When he sees DLR trying to put the note back in Marissa's locker, he comes up and he knows what's going on. Yeah. And he's being a smarmy little fuck. And he's like, oh, by the way, I'm uh, taking a bunch of people camping. Why don't we go camping yeah. together? It was really weird and sort of non sequitur. And I'm like, are you really going to go he's camping? He's always trying to do that. Yeah. Um, and then after Oliver <laughs> and Marissa leave, um, <laughs> Summer is talking about like, hey, isn't it isn't it funny that Oliver is really happy these days now that he's got Marissa all to himself? 
I'm sorry. I just saw um, a sentence on your TV that uh, really caught me off guard. Uh, okay, back to back to Olives. Yes. So Oliver, uh, Marissa, Summer notices what's going on here. This in this episode, a bunch of people start to kind of figure out like, yeah, this Oliver guy. Yeah. I don't know. So Summer's starting to get get some thoughts about that. Sandy and Kirsten are eating lunch um, in her office, and they're talking about all this boring bullshit that we keep talking about. Um, the restaurants? Yeah, and all that shit. Meatloaf? Yeah, and then a bunch of movers come in, and they start taking all of the... Uh, meatloaf? <laughs> they start taking all the meatloaf. Um, and Julie, you know Julie? Yeah, I know Julie. You know Julie? So She's she, Bone and Caleb. Yeah, so she is right behind all these movers, and she's like, oh... Kirsten, I thought you were going to be, you know, out because I'm remodeling your office and I didn't tell you. Like as a surprise for Kirsten or because Caleb told her to? I don't know. Oh, my God. Uh, I she, just said all that like I care. Yeah. Um, I apparently, like I Ca- Caleb, she was like, well, well, I cleared it with Caleb. Yeah. And it was okay. And then she's like, well, you're like taking all my shit out of my office and how am I supposed to do work and then, and, and all that. And, it's her office. Yeah. Why? So that's like the C plot or the A or, or something going on here. Um, so that doesn't make any sense. Though. No, Oliver and Marissa are having lunch, and Oliver he he's really trying to get people to go on this ski trip, and she's like, "Well, I have to hang out with my mom this weekend. I can't, I can't come and go skiing with you." And then Luke shows up, and Oliver starts talking for Marissa to Luke, like. He's basically saying, like, this is what's good for her. She needs to be doing this. She can't be hanging out with this person. She can't be doing this. And Wow, he went this way real fast. Really fast. last episode, he was saying to uh, Dirty Little Ryan after they'd broken up, he's like, listen, Dirty Little Ryan, uh, I'm what Marissa needs. I know what she needs. You don't yeah. know what she needs. So, yeah, he's going that route. He's going real. Uh, I keep wanting to say single white female. Yeah, it's definitely like that. Yeah. It feels that way because Ryan calls her while they're all sitting here talking and uh, she doesn't answer it. And Luke's like, why aren't, why aren't you answering your phone? And Oliver's like, she's not talking to Ryan right now. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, How does Luke feel about Luke, all this? Because Luke, Luke doesn't like no, Oliver. No, Luke, Luke is like, now I see my chance. And he he's like, you know, like, he basically calls him on it. And it's kind of like, well, that's kind of bullshit. She, that's dope. Luke yeah. wants to punch the crap out of totally. Oliver out of allegiance Luke to is Dirty a big Little part of it. Luke's a big part of this episode. Awesome. So he's like, I'm out of here. And then Oliver's like, oh, man, nobody understands me. This keeps happening to me. Um, it's like, well... <laughs> I hate you, Olive. Uh, and then um, Marissa goes to get dessert and leaves her cell phone that Ryan was calling. And Oliver goes over and opens up her cell phone, her flip phone, <laughs> <laughs> flips it open and deletes like a voicemail from Ryan off her phone. So he's like really getting into that single white female territory. Yeah. Um. This is just his version of stealing the letter from uh, yes. Marissa's locker. So Anna and Seth make uh, <clears throat> plans after school to go check on check up on Ryan because he's not going to school anymore because of the whole uh, being suspended thing. Sure. And uh, Summer's like, hey, I'll come too because we're all friends still. They're, they fell right back on this whole 
Anna, Seth, Ryan thing being like, we're friends. It's okay. Right. Wait, uh, Anna, not, Seth, Anna, and Summer. Anna, Seth, and Summer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, there's something that I kind of like about that. Like, I like that they all, despite all of the drama that's going on in their lives, the three of them genuinely like each other. Yeah. So there's like a layer of that. For but sure. But then there's all of the complication yeah. that everybody loves Seth. But it is also like, such a hunk. in this episode, we'll figure out maybe where Seth is going wrong with that. Yeah. So, I think it's because he's a dink. Yeah. But... We'll see what happens. <laughs> so um, Ryan is like, I'm off to meet Marissa, but Marissa doesn't know about it because because um, that message got deleted. Uh, but Seth like, is like, hey, you're being really crazy and like this is dumb for you to go and meet up with these people with, with Marissa and like you're suspended from school so you shouldn't be going over there and stuff. And he's like, whatever. Um, so Ryan goes and waits in the library for Marissa, <clears throat> but the only person... Uh, that ends up showing up because of the deleted message is Oliver who makes it out like Marissa told told him to go tell Ryan to fuck off he's like hey Marissa sent me fuck you <laughs> from oh Marissa God. how long does he think he can carry on this charade I know um and then Oliver tells him like you know what you should just you should just stop all this Ryan it's and then Ryan's like this is just the beginning. Oh, so and that's not where the, that's not where it was. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that's pretty no, late he's in the episode. Like, so Ryan has his own offense like, going yeah, on. Yeah, he's like, you know what, man? This is just the beginning. After nice. all that shit that happened in the last couple episodes. Yeah. Uh, so the next morning, Kristen's going to work and uh, all this shit. Ryan comes down um, because. He lives there too, or something. <laughs> these these are really good well, notes. Well, it's as good a reason as any. Great notes here, Dan. Uh, so there. Oh yeah, because he wasn't allowed to leave the house, so things were awkward. Sure. And he did anyway. Um, Wait a minute. So they know he left the house to I go guess they, to go yeah. meet Mercer or anything and, or, and everything. And, but he didn't clear he it with anybody. Yeah, he wasn't really supposed to be doing it. I'm pretty gray on this kind of like we have you under our lock and key but you're also he also explicitly said like i can't stop you from going anywhere look you're not grounded but you can't leave the house without asking unless you don't want to ask and then feel free to leave the house yes <laughs> all right we're up to um, speed so then julie shows up because she she wants to drive to work with Kristen, which sandy then is like hey anyway uh what is that what is it sandy basically uses uh julie showing up as like an excuse to say Hey, Kirsten, get out of here. Oh. So that he can talk to Caleb about Julie. Oh, so Sandy Eyebrows is going to... Try and figure out this whole situation. Oh. Yeah. Why can't Kirsten fight her own battles? I don't know. Nobody in this show, I guess, can do that. Everybody needs Sandy Eyebrows. <clears throat> yeah, so then eventually Julie and Ryan start getting to, getting to talking. Because... Uh, he is trying to talk to Julie about uh, how overprotective she is of Marissa and let her know about how sketchy Oliver is. Wait, Sandy Eyebrows now is talking to Julie? No, Ryan. Oh, Ryan. Ryan starts to talk to Julie. Oh. And he's like, hey, I know that a lot of stuff between us and Marissa have been weird with all this drama lately, but I just want to let you know Oliver's not cool. Like this is fucked up, and Dope. she's like, "Just 
whatever. No, I'm out of here or something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Then at school, um, Marissa hasn't talked to her mom about not hanging out with her that weekend um, because she's decided, I guess, uh, she might do this all of her weekend thing. Right. She's like, listen, I I really want to hang out with you this weekend. And he's like, huh? And she's like, but I should be hanging out with my mom. She's really on the fence. And Oliver eventually decide like gets her to 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 skip school basically he's like let's just go now let's leave right now who who will who you know this will be great who, who, there'll be none the wiser we'll leave right now and she's like well i have to be home in time you know at the end of the night for dinner with my mom and he's like whatever uh but she eventually decides i'm gonna do this oliver and me day and it's the, really the stupid skiing day right yeah, but I don't think they're actually going to go skiing. It's now it's basically morphed into just let's have a romantic day where we skip school. Well, does Mar- does Marissa have any idea that he's trying to get her she's square so inside she's, she's not, the boon zoom? Yeah, she's not having it. She does not understand what's going she, on here. <laughs> and uh, so so many opinions about Marissa. Luke and Seth are hanging out together, um, and they kind of like see this from afar. And they're like, whatever. This is weird. I don't. I don't think this should be going on. Anyway, back to work. Kirsten and Caleb are talking about Julie, um, and Julie is really annoying Caleb, and he doesn't want to date her anymore. Uh, and old man Caleb wants Kirsten to break up with her for him. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> he's and she's like, you want me to break up with her for you? And he's like, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I am your employer and your father, so yeah. please break up with my girlfriend. Totally. This is a weird relationship. Yep. Uh, speaking of weird relationships, Seth is introducing Summer to uh, an introduction to comic books by giving her a bunch of comics, and he gives her volume one of The Sandman. He gives her <laughs> Watchmen. Right. Uh, and The Dark Knight Returns. References. Yeah, so it's very referency And... Uh, yeah, Anna is kind of like this again. Seth, you know, like hanging out all the time, getting really close to Summer. Yeah. And it's weird. And then Sandy is here in the house while this is all happening, and he like slaps him up. Like he, um, Seth goes to like get something from the kitchen, and Sandy like slaps him upside the head like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like you are flirting with this person that's supposed to be your friend, like yeah. hanging out talking about comic books with like your girlfriend right there. And Seth does not understand that why this is weird and repeatedly uh pushes back against sandy basically saying like don't worry about it dude whatever <laughs> i love that they have that relationship yeah. dude what the fuck listen dude you're my dad dude yeah um yeah it's really weird that they started out and seth was just like a total boner and yeah and he had no idea about anything now everybody's in love with him yeah Ugh. <laughs> uh, so then, and Seth goes as far as to say, like, "Hey, can Summer stay for dinner?" And Anna's like, the f- gives him like "fuck you" eyeballs, like, <laughs> like looks at him from across. Fuck yeah. you eyeballs. Yeah, and and Seth is like, "Are you f- serious?" Um, <clears throat> and then Luke shows up to help with the groceries or something, and wants to check in on Ryan. Um, and Luke is like, "You know what? I know these guys over at Pacific." The school that Oliver's from. 
Oh. And I got the I got these friends on the water polo team. Maybe uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll get them to ask about his girlfriend. Or no, he doesn't go there. His girlfriend goes there. I think Oliver's girlfriend. Natalie. Yeah. Right. So is that the one? I wonder if she's the one because he slid his wrists in the yes. bathroom. I wonder if it was about Natalie. I bet, it was. I bet him and Natalie definitely weren't was. even together. I bet he just freaked out over her. Well, here's a thing that maybe Luke just found out. Maybe the guys over there <laughs> on the water polo team don't even know of a Natalie Bishop. Yeah. And okay. maybe they got a yearbook and came over and said, look, man. No, no Natalie, Natalie in Bishop. here. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That was my first thought. I've mentioned that on like an older uh, episode. Yeah. Um, that I was like, you know what? I bet Natalie doesn't even exist. Anyway, I'm right about a lot of things. Continue. <laughs> yeah. So Ryan um, goes over to the Coopers to see Marissa. And uh, she's there uh, for dinner with her mom. And Marissa's really mad at Ryan now because... Ryan told her mom, Julie, about Oliver when he tried to warn her. And she's like, you, what are you doing? You're so fucked up or whatever. And then uh, the stuff that Luke told him to tell uh, Marissa isn't helping. It's like, oh, man, these people don't even exist and you don't even care. And she's like, whatever. Um, Really? Yeah. And then Julie's like, get inside, Marissa. And then, you know, she's like, I'm going to leave and go see Oliver. At his penthouse and... Okay, at this point, yeah. Marissa's just a fucking idiot. Yeah, she's like, oh, you're telling me that his his ex-girlfriend doesn't exist? Oh, I'll go see him and say, hey. Yeah, you know <laughs> what? I'm just going to go fucking blindly hang yeah. out with this guy who may be a total psycho. Yeah. Because she even knows that he freaked out and, and like, slit his wrists or whatever yeah. at the last school. Yeah. Ugh. So there's a... There's a bunch of stuff here now between Sandy and um, Ryan and, and Kirsten and all this stuff in the morning. But anyway, Luke is basically like, man, Ryan is not going to really do anything. He's basically like defeated. Ryan feels defeated. And Ryan's like, man, you are giving up. You need to figure this out because I don't want Marissa to get all fucked up with this olive guy. Right. Um, and he's like, if you're not going to go try and help her, I will. And he basically takes off and and uh, and goes over to see Olive. All right. Ooh. Yeah. So this like is going to happen. going to be another scuffle. Yeah. So basically the, the reason, the way that this has ter- happened out is like... Um, Marissa wanted her mom to send some clothes to the penthouse because she's hanging out with Olive all night and she needs some cl- new clothes or something. All right. Because they like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they... Um, there's many jokes that I could make here I'm not going to make. Anyway. They, no, bone, make they bone zoned their clothes to shreds, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Is a way that this could have happened. And she needs some brand new clothes. And so she gets the mom. She's like, hey, mom, bring me clothes. And Luke is there and hears it. And he's like, I'm going to go and bring her the clothes. And then I'll be able to, like, beat up Olive. Yeah. Yeah. Emma, what are you, what are you trying to say? Emma wants to say. Oh, yeah. Okay. So there's, like, a romantic moment between Luke and Julie in this episode. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. 
Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being here. There might, I might have made missed. a note about it later. I don't remember when it happened specifically, but there's like... How romantic are we we're talking? We're talking like... Did they we, fuck each other's clothes off? They bone zone, <laughs> zone to shreds. <laughs> no, they like are talking and like looking at each other and their faces are getting closer and closer. And Emma and I were like, is, is this a romantic scene? And then they like literally are about to kiss and then Julie's like, maybe we shouldn't. What? Yeah. Yes. Pursue this storyline. Yes. <laughs> it's pretty fucked up. I was like, no, no. What? <laughs> <laughs> you were like, no, no. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm I'm into that. Yeah. So then there's a whole other scene about uh, Kirsten who goes to the office and she finds that it's finally been redecorated and Julie has spent like a bunch of time uh, redecorating it because she hasn't been able to hang out with Marissa because of all that shit. And then Kirsten is just basically like, uh, so about Caleb. And she's like, are you fucking serious? Is he going to break out with me through you? And then Caleb, like everybody else in this fucking show, stumbles into the office like, hey, everybody, what's going on? Oh, no, the most awkward situation I could have possibly <laughs> walked into. And then what are the odds? Yeah. And then Julie's like, you fucking breaking up with me. And she's super pissed. She's like, I spent all my whole weekend like making over this place and you're just going to fire me and you weren't even going to do it yourself. Well, I fucking quit. That is a curious thing to do, to go, hey, why don't you surprise my daughter by making over her office, Yeah, and then I'll surprise you by firing you. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a little weird. So, Seth What's and here? the two girls, Anna and uh, Summer, are watching Batman the Animated Series. Oh, wow. And he's like, this episode is, is, a, this episode's a classic or whatever. And, and anyway... Um, Anna's like, I'm going to fucking die because I don't want to be here while we do this. And Seth is, again, an oblivious ding dong. <laughs> um, and then Sandy comes again and slaps him over the head and says, get over here. And you know what? You're being a fucking idiot. And Seth is like, no, no way, man. I'm a, I'm a charming, witty guy that can do no wrong. I'm a cool dude with attitude. Yeah. And Sandy's like, you know what? It's my job to make sure you don't do dumb things, but you're really fucking doing a dumb thing here. And then Seth is like, is this about Ryan? Like, Ryan doesn't want to talk to you right now, and now you're trying to, like, find something that you can talk to me about, which is my relationships or whatever. Well, that's a real bummer that his biological son is like, oh, what, your uh, homeless pet dog won't <laughs> yeah. talk to you, so now you got to come talk to me? Yeah, I know. What a bummer. So Luke arrives to get... Oh, so that's what happened. So Luke went to the Cooper house to get the clothes, um, and that's when the romantic thing happens. Right. So that's that's right now. Um, and then we will leave that on that note. Um, I imagine they will get to that later. They oh, will have another romantic crossed. thing. Uh, Emma's nodding as someone who has seen the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, because yeah. I definitely want like a weird Mrs. Yeah. Robinson thing to go on. Here. So Oliver is taking a shower. And Marissa says, I'm going to go down to the front desk to see if my bag of clothes is here yet. Right. And turns out the lady at the front desk's name is, any ideas? Natalie. Uh... Oh, what? Yeah, Natalie, There's a whole usual Natalie Bishop thing going on. Natalie Bishop, maybe? Oh. Oh, how do you know, Oliver? Oh, you were his babysitter when he was a kid? Are is you she fucking like a, serious? Is she like an old lady? No, she's not an old lady. She's like a, an is old... Is she a sexy lady? 
Like, I mean, in, in the, not like, <laughs> not like scale it one to ten. Would yeah, you fight this, this lady? <laughs> no, I mean, like, is it's, she the, supposed to be She's just like a or? nice lady. Okay. She's yeah. just like a nice older, she's not older. She's like a mom, she's like the mom, all the moms in this show age. You're offending everybody I know, right fuck now. you. You painted <laughs> me know, into this really corner just... where I had to rate an old lady, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, or something. No, it's just like a nice lady. No, but like, I want to know if this is, like, he clearly just again usual suspects it's her. it's literally just somebody in my life's name was yeah. natalie bishop okay yeah it's not like oh i had a thing with her right no um so uh she goes back up stairs instead of leaving which is stupid um so this is wh- when she goes upstairs and this is this is good this is where <laughs> i wish greg had been here right she goes back upstairs and is like, hey, Oliver, I just had a nice chat with Natalie Bishop downstairs. WTF, you piece of shit. And Oliver, I feel, I feel honestly, I feel like um, selfish because I've gotten all the episodes with Oliver freakouts. Yeah, I've never had like a, a full on Because I had freak the out. Oliver throwing plates in a in a kitchen freak out and now you I this, this he did that again. Too? Yeah. He oh, did the no. hey, smacking himself in the head. He has a fucking smack himself in the head uh good old freak out. Wow. And it's like um, the writers have only ever seen Rain Man, and we're like, yeah. "Well, that's what people with mental uh, issues yeah. uh, do." So she freaks out, and um, says, "I'm gonna leave," and then he is like, "Okay, I'm gonna go get dressed, and then you can leave." And she's like, "Okay, I won't leave right away. I'll wait until you get dressed because he was in the shower, and also because I'm a fucking idiot." Yeah, and also. Um, Maybe because my name's Oliver and I wanted to go get my handgun. Oh, God. <laughs> I knew Oliver would be the doggy. Yeah. So Marissa's calling Ryan and she's crying. Please tell me he gets a 10-gallon hat, too. <laughs> yeah, doggy. Um, she calls Ryan in tears and then he comes back with a fucking handgun. Um, and Ryan is Who's on the phone at, at this him point. Him or her? Huh? Is he threatening to kill himself or to kill her? We don't know yet. He's oh. just waving it around, smacking himself in the head and shit. Oh, boy. So Ryan hears this because they are on the phone at the time, and he's like, oh, my God, I got to go get Marissa. And Sandy stops him and is like, where do you think you're going, young man? And he's like, oh, that's dude, awesome. dude, you don't understand the life or death situation that's going on right now. And Sandy's like, I'll drive or whatever, and like I'll join you or whatever. Okay. Um, I thought it was going to be one of those like dumb devices where <laughs> he's like, "You got to let me go. You don't understand." And yeah. Sandy's like, "Up to your room, young man." Yeah. Without like explaining <laughs> that somebody was going to get shot. Yeah. Um. So Oliver, he's ranting and raving about you know. Has I'm anyone in- called the cops? By the way. No. He's like, Why I'm in you? love with you. It's so obvious. How Even he's like, how could you not understand <laughs> that, you know, I am crazy obsessed with you. And he's like, I'm not going to shoot you, but I'm going to shoot myself uh-huh. if you leave. And then Ryan and, and Sandy are, are are there in the lobby and they won't. They're calling the penthouse and they can't get anyone to get the phone. So they go over uh, to Natalie and are like, hey we need to go to the penthouse because something really bad's going on up there and it might be, you know, life or death. And so she's, she knowing that it's related to Olive in some way decides to help them out. All right. 
So he's yelling through the door that everything's fine uh, when they show up and knock on the door. And like, don't come in or whatever. And and he's basically telling Marissa, you aren't going to say anything when they come to this door because I want them to leave. Right. And so she's doing that thing where it's like, oh, if I yell to them, is he going to shoot me or what? So she, is how this am I all gonna... inner monologue that we're hearing, or no, are you just getting I'm... this through her amazing acting? It's well, he he basically says to her like, "You shut up when, when they knock on the door. You don't say a word or whatever." And then he goes, "Everything's fine. Don't worry. You can go home now. We're all cool." And she's kind of like looking back and forth from the door to him, like, "How am I going to get myself out of this situation?" Right. Um, but then Ryan starts yelling at Marissa, and finally she's like, "Help me!" or whatever and natalie gets the door open um and like a ton of people come in and like draw guns on oliver and shit um just random people off the street it's or? like i guess i guess they were there they're like uh security people but they it, it was a surprise for me to see so many people bust through the door <laughs> they didn't really set it up like we have this team of gun holding dudes um and then sandy's like put the gun down man and then Ryan goes over and, and kind of walks out to Oliver and he's like, let's, let's, let's get a little, let's talk here. You know, I understand what it feels like to be a weird guy or whatever. And I know what you're going through and you show up and there's nobody knows you and da, 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 da. And eventually he like calms him down and puts the gun down without hurting anyone. Because Dirty Little Ryan talked Because Dirty Little Ryan eased it out. Oh, well. Yeah. He's good at talking to people with guns. Definitely. He's done it before. Yeah. Luke um, got shot. So then, <clears throat> so then at the Cohen's house, um, Kirsten is on the phone and she figures out what's going on and she tells Seth and Anna about everything that happened and how everything's all right now. Oliver's in the hospital and um, everything's okay. And Seth goes, oh my God, I got to call Summer. And Anna's like, what why is your first reaction i'm gonna go call summer and he's like what she doesn't even know what's happened she'll be relieved to find out and then uh anna's like you know what fuck you you're obsessed with summer still yeah we can't date anymore so this is it and then she leaves and I'm trying to think how I feel about that. I think I like. I think he should be with Summer, but I wonder if that's just because she's like one of the mains because her I name think, is in the. Credits. I think Anna and if we want to get all gossipy about this, which I totally do. <laughs> I think yeah. Girl. <laughs> I think Anna and Seth seem to be more suited for each other. Yeah. Um, like they're but they're too alike. But uh, but that's the whole thing on the show. Like oh, we're too alike, but. That's the thing that bothered me in the last episode, though. But that seems like a very contrived show thing to yeah. do. Because, I don't know, he's he's being really dumb in the way that he's just ignoring Anna and hanging out with Summer. And I I don't know. I feel like the natural chemistry is between him and Anna. And the Summer chemistry is the, like, oh, we're a show for teens. So but I think the nerdy guy and the, like, mainstream girl. Not to project what's going to happen or anything, but I think the cool thing to do would be if they if he totally breaks up with Anna starts dating Summer and goes oh my god this girl's got nothing like I've just been obsessed with her everything my whole thing with Summer has been in my mind since yeah. like grade school and actually being with her isn't fulfilling yeah. I totally fucked up with Anna I should get Anna back but then Anna's like peace I don't yeah. need your shit maybe Anna's even with the funny guy from my episode <laughs> yeah 
and yeah. that I don't is know. called a twist. Yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe the maybe Anna and him are too too much alike. But I I don't know. I don't. Summer is like, I don't know, lame. <laughs> She's super lame, no question. I don't know where she, where her character's gonna go, but I just feel, I just feel like the whole Seth and Summer thing feels too much like, oh, we're a teen show and we've seen all the teen movies and we know all the John Hughes tropes and we needed to have like the main character who's pining away for the girl who will never be with him. Yeah. And now he is with with her and they're like I just it feels too much like that to me. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's probably where they're gonna And the go other because... relationship feels too much like the relationship in those movies that you yell at the movie like Obviously just date Ducky, you fucking idiot. You guys are best <laughs> friends. You know what I mean? Like it feels like that. That would be a real twist if Summer started dating John Cryer. <laughs> that would really throw me for a loop. Yeah. Um, well. That's the end of the episode. Uh, Seth goes and uh, apologizes to Ryan um, for not being there for him. And that's how that's how we end the episode. All right. There was some music this episode. Oh, yeah. Love of the Loveless by the Eels. They played a bunch of times. Uh, uh, Emma, what? You don't like the Eels, Emma? Oh yeah, they did play that a lot. Oh, the same ones like verse of the song. Oh, the same song. Okay, yeah. so you're not saying like that their music is is repetitive. I don't really know them except for like one song that they used to play on radio stations. Uh, no- Novocaine. Yeah, for my yeah. Soul. And everyone's like, "Oh, Eels, they're like the best band in the whole world. This guy is a musical genius." And I heard that song, and I'm like. How is this any better or any worse than Sex and Candy? Oh man, that's a terrible, that's a terrible uh, comparison. I'm sure it is because again, I haven't heard any of the rest of. Novocaine for your soul is more like, oh, this is not as good as Beck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they just they played it a lot. They yeah they played it a lot. Yeah. You're not gonna come on this microphone very. You're too far away. <laughs> Our audience is going to hear sign. I want you to say it in the mic if you have something to say. Yeah. Well, even people on mic. Okay. Well, hold on. You have insights here. Take my mic. Okay. So I just think that the whole eels thing, like the, in the show, the chorus, just yeah. like coming back is like really repetitive. It's yeah. Just like yeah, it's a, it's a bit too much. They used it, and the, they, it, the thing about it was they just used the same verse, right? Oh, so it's the way they used the yeah. song, yeah, not yeah. the song itself. That's yeah. really weird. They just they kept using the same one verse. It's the same they lyrics. They use the same like little chunk of lyrics like three or four times. I feel like that seems bizarre. Yeah. Um, then they played Three Feet Tall" by I Am Clute. No idea. Uh, watching the game at Joe's by Master Source. That sounds like a oh. home hardware commercial. <laughs> Master Source. Self help by Turin Breaks, and New Resolution by Azure Ray. Um, which is a song that when it played, I was like, where do I know this song from? Because I had a few Azure Ray uh, albums, and they were a pretty all right band, so I'm going to say them this week. Okay. But uh, I do like some of the Eels' uh, output. I like a couple of Eels' albums. All right. But if you had to figure out how Watching the Game at Joe's by Master Source went, how would you sing that I'm song? watching the game at Joe's. Somebody scored touchdown. Hey, Casey, my name's Joe. You want a beer from the fridge? 
no thank you i'm trying to quit drinking makes me depressed and it makes me start thinking about a lot of things like my life non-alcoholic beer i got the prohibition brew from <laughs> from budweiser's your verses don't even rhyme dan <laughs> But they, it is a compelling story, so I don't even know what to think. I went to Home Hardware, where their master source line of <laughs> fridges hold my Prohibition beer by Budweiser very well. Wait, is your part like the spoken part <laughs> yeah. in a Boys to Men song? Yeah. Girl, uh, gonna get your Prohibition brew. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't have sang the spoken word part. Yeah, probably. You are completely ignoring That's why our I got kicked here. out of Boys to Men. <laughs> It used to be That's called the one reason. Boys Three Men, and then they kicked <laughs> me out, and they had to take one out. <laughs> Which doesn't even make any sense because there's still three there's of still, them anyway. Anyway, three of them. <laughs> That's that was another reason they kicked me. It was really convoluted. <laughs> the whole thing was a big mess. Yeah. Boys well, Three Men. I hope our one listener on Mixler Live has enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they have. Oh man. Um. So. That is our episode this week. We did it. We did it. Uh, next week, Greg oh. will return. Yeah. Right? Yep. Uh, one uh, little uh, um, tie-in to an original uh, uh, or, or to a different part of the show. Um, one of the writers on the OC, J.J. Philbin, mm-hmm. who, interestingly, her parents are... Um, Regis Philbin. I was going to say. And Joy Philbin. Mm-hmm. Um, is married to Michael Schur who is the creator of uh, The Good Place. Oh, yeah. all So there's a little time for you out. right there. Totally. Anywho. Anywho. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can at info at modernsuperior.com. You can go to facebook.com slash synwpc or twitter.com slash synwpc. Uh, and you can listen to everything on the website Modern Superior. Um, and don't forget the live episode that you heard about at the top of the show. Uh, seamless. Live. See you next Wednesday. That's the most exciting thing. I know. That's ever happened. Probably. Uh, October 23rd. Otherwise. Be there. We will see you next Wednesday. At Dundas video. At Dundas video. Not next Wednesday. Not next Wednesday. We might be. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you'll stumble upon us. Who knows? Uh, but we will see you next Wednesday. As always. Goodbye. To the interweb. Goodbye, internet. Uh, someday I will learn how to say peculiar. Peculiar. But until then, fuck Gene. Yeah. This episode has been brought to you by the Modern Superior Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.